What up, guys? What's happening? What's going on? Welcome to episode 12 of the New Perceptions podcast with me, your host, Ben Brown. Um, this podcast, guys, I think you're going to really enjoy it. It's with a very close friend of mine, Jules Grant, and she is an incredible woman. She is a yoga instructor. She used to be an actress, and she's been through her own like um, in pretty intense transformation. Um, with her purpose here and we go into details about talking about the process of awakening um, and being stuck in that process and it not just being a thing where you're like oh I'm awake now it, it's a rabbit hole and you go down it and it gets hard sometimes and we talk about um, the challenges that we've been facing recently where both of us have kind of felt like we're stuck in no man's land between like okay Something's happened where I've gained all this new awareness. I understand, like, I can see and understand where my destructive behavioral patterns were repeating themselves. And I'm trying to learn those lessons, but they keep coming back to haunt me in different ways. And I'm trying to figure out what my purpose is here now. Um, and we talk about like a spiritual emergency where I used to be an atheist and then suddenly something happens to me. and. I find myself either wanting to like hit the reset button or find another reason for existing, hence spirituality. We get pretty deep. Um, it's a really, really good podcast and I hope that uh, some of you guys get something from it. Certainly, I learn a lot from Jules. She's um, such an incredibly wise and experienced soul and um, our souls see each other. She's a very close friend of mine and uh, yeah, I hope you guys get something from the conversation. But just a quick reminder and a thank you to everybody who's purchased one of my new Wolfpack t-shirt merchandise items. Um, thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting me and on this journey and um, I know the wolf, like three-eyed wolf design is in everybody's cup of tea but um, yeah, thank you so much for everybody who's continuing to support me and in other news, I'm working really hard on revamping my print store. So that on my on my website on mrbenbrown.com, you'll be able to buy in future like really nice fine art prints. As my Australian friend Jumps would say, they're Gucci. They're gonna be Gucci prints. Podcast-wise, if you haven't listened to my previous podcast, uh, number eleven, I go into talking about my personal journey and struggles with mental health, being an online person, celebrity, whatever influencer you want to call it. The struggles that come with uh, sort of trying to navigate those uncharted waters psychologically. Um, so go and give that a listen and thank you everybody who's given me feedback about that podcast. I also put a YouTube video out recently um, about fears and if you want to go and check that out, check out my YouTube channel, just Google me. <laughs> uh, that sounds like such a stupid thing to say, just Google me. But seriously, I'm super famous. Jokes. Um, that's about it really, I think. Enjoy the podcast, let me know what you think. And I hear is the podcast. Jules, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm excited. You're excited to be yeah, on the podcast. I'm very excited. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Um, Jules and I only met just over a year ago. Yeah. Did we meet at Africa Burn? Or did we meet before then? We met. I'll tell you how we met. We met <laughs> at um, Schechter's Raw, of course. Mm -hmm. And... I was just getting Instagram. I mean, this is how Whoa. not in Instagram I am yeah. for my yoga teaching. I was just getting mm -hmm. an account and I was trying to work out what to call it. Okay. Yeah. And you were there. I think you remember this. And you were like, yeah, I do I'll remember. help you. 
Oh yeah, I, I do remember. I was like, I to figure out a like a little handle, and I was like, okay, that's cool. We have mutual friends. Yeah. That's the first time we met, but we really connected at Burn last year. I love trying to figure out people's handles and what they're yeah. going to be when like bringing them onto Instagram. It's yeah. one of my favorite things. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, don't settle. You got to get the shortest, coolest handle that you can. You were so into it. You were like, and go, <laughs> and then we left you for like half an hour, and you were like, I'm going to figure this out, and you kept coming back, going, this one, this one, this one. <laughs> Cool. Um, cool. So yeah, Jules and I, we, we have a few mutual friends and then we um, uh, got a little bit better, um, got to know each other a little bit better when we went to Africa Burn. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from being friends, Jules also, um, I know Jules through yoga mm-hmm. and you are a yoga teacher. I am. Yeah. And, That's what um, I do. And I've only just sort of started really sinking my teeth into yoga and I've been going to your studio, which is yes. Yoga Life in Cape Town. Yeah. Where I teach, yeah. Where you teach. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been changing my life and getting to know you better and having conversations, obviously, outside of yoga and just when we're friends. So um, we have some really, really deep, interesting conversations. So I thought I need to get you on a podcast because I feel like my people need to hear your voice (laughs) and they need to hear like what you have to say, like wisdom and experience um, in life generally. So um, without wanting to like... um, label exactly how this is going to go yeah we're going to talk about um life like how you got into yoga sure. and why you think it's important that people are doing practicing yoga and yeah. why what it means to you yeah uh, we're going to talk a little bit about like um the process of raising consciousness consciousness yeah. and frequency mm-hmm. and uh, awakening mm-hmm. and all the yeah, awakening like as yeah. in like as if, yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's um, a word that i'm not totally sure i like using <laughs> yet but it describes quite well beautifully yeah um that sort of process so i suppose uh, a good place to start would be like asking you if there was any sort of time in your life where specifically you can remember where you had that whoa moment where you're like oh shit things aren't actually the way I thought they were in life and being a human and existing as a human um actually doesn't mean what I thought it means Mm -hmm. or um and that kind of aha moment or the oh shit moment where like everything I thought I knew is kind of not wrong necessarily but like questioning everything yeah Mm. definitely had that moment I was 24 Mm mm-hmm and I, I'm originally from Durban. Anyone in Durban listening? Yeah. yeah. Moved to Cape Town to pursue a career in acting. That's where I, that's what I did my whole life mm-hmm. from when I was very, very young. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I dedicated all of my time and energy into performance. I mean, I've heard your story about, you know, your, your competitive sports growing up. Yes. And, it, and it's a similar, it's maybe not the same intensity, but it's a similar thing is that I think when you're really young and you have a gift for something and it's no fault of anyone's, but you tend to just like go in that direction. Totally. You know? Yeah. And also being competitive is encouraged. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, like, you're you're competitive. Yeah. Keep being competitive. It's going to really work out for you. Yeah. 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 So you were acting. I was acting. Wow. And I loved it. Just like I loved Mm -hmm. it. I felt, I felt like it was who I was. I was like, this is amazing. I had a gift for it and that's Mm -hmm. what I did. Um, and so I left school, I mean, high school, it was like, you're going to go and do this thing Mm -hmm. like properly and very supportive parents. 
mm-hmm. paid for me to go to the States. I lived in New York for four years and I okay. studied and yeah. theater and I was a theater kid and it was like everything. And um, came back and I'd been in a relationship for six years by the time I got to Cape Town. So while mm-hmm. I was studying in the States, I had a boyfriend back in Durban and we mm-hmm. were like super long distance. Yeah. Long distance and <laughs> powerful relationship. And I thought this was it, you know, mm-hmm. I was going to move to Cape Town. I was tapping into the film industry here and marry this guy. And mm-hmm. you know, that yeah, was yeah. what was happening. That was going to be your life. Yeah. And, um, that wasn't. <laughs> so the, the aha moment happened when, um, one day he, he left. He'd, he'd left one day. He woke yeah. up and it was done. Yeah. And, and yeah, I was struggling in, in being now in the industry of film, which mm-hmm. is very different from the arts school of film. Yeah. Where everyone's like, it's like fame, you know? Yeah, You're yeah. like, going yeah, to yeah. dance class and you go to acting class and everything's so exciting. And, and then, then when you, you graduate out. and you try and actually get in the industry, it's completely different. It's lonely. It's mm-hmm. competitive. It's very much judged on your appearance or mm-hmm. like a stereotypical box that you're put into. Sure. Um, you're this for kind women. of actor. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I was dealing with that and everything that came with that. And then the end of this relationship that I thought was very much solid. Um all of the friends that we had cultivated for many years, mm-hmm. you know, we were, it was, that's what it was. We yeah. were, um, that was my life. Mm-hmm. And suddenly one day it wasn't my life anymore and it was overnight and it was quick and it was abrupt and it was sudden. And Intense. yeah. Yeah. Wow. And looking back, that is the only way that it could have been. Yes. If it had been any other way, I wouldn't have had the, oh shit moment of what is my life right now? Like what, it, what is happening? Um, so, so a very physical, real thing had to happen mm-hmm. in order to wake me up. And what were your feelings mm-hmm. in that moment when the guy you thought you were going to marry mm-hmm. actually left you? What were your feelings? At first it was disbelief. Like, a total feeling of like this isn't happening like mm. this can't happen denial yeah denial okay. that's a good that's a good mm. one like total denial and then in that moment i realized that i didn't have myself because i became so self berating if that's mm-hmm. that's probably not even a term but all my all of You're the harsh on the pain was like what have you done to cause this to happen. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah. like what have you what is wrong with you mm-hmm. that, you know, you've you've created a situation where somebody's leaving and it became all about me and I became very self-deprecating within okay. myself. Yeah. Um but then, like the universe does, I had um I <laughs> I'll tell the story until the day I die. And like, <laughs> if my ex-boyfriend is listening to this, he's probably like, whoa. Um, <laughs> but I, on, it, we broke up on a Saturday. Mm. And I, the, this, it all comes full circle, but the, the studio that I currently teach yoga at, mm-hmm. I had never been to yet. I was living in Cape Town for about eight months. Yoga wasn't even a part of my life. This was like 2014. So it's not that long ago. So you hadn't done your teacher training yet? Hadn't done my teacher training. Okay. No, I was acting. So you I were did just acting. Yeah. Okay, and right. I and I and I and I was doing yoga on and off to like stay fit. And mm. I was a dancer my whole yeah. life, so like it worked well and I could do the moves and you know. Yeah, yeah. Um and 
so anyway, this life-changing experience happened on a Saturday. And prior to that, I had agreed to go to my first yoga class with a friend on the Sunday morning, mm -hmm. the next day. And like, but like, I didn't know that this was going to happen. Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know? clears throat> and, um, so the, the, the relationship ended suddenly and abruptly. And I, uh, woke up on the Sunday morning and I was like, oh, I've made this like thing. And you know, that, that yeah, that mm. breakup space where it's just like, what is anything even yes. like, that's how it felt. I was just yeah. like everything I know. Yeah. And someone explained it to me really beautiful little side note. It's like our nervous systems as human beings, when we're connected and we're in a relationship, we do create energetic bonds, yeah. you know? And so when that separation occurs, I said, you know, it felt for me like live wires, like extending out of my body, mm -hmm. like shooting out for that like connection, but Looking it wasn't there it. anymore. Wow. And, and someone, a very wise woman, Heather, who I used to work with said to me, you know what you've got to do with those is you've got to take them and, and wrap them around yourself, mm -hmm. you know? And that was one of the steps. So anyway, mm -hmm. I'm in the space and like everything's shooting off and I don't know where to connect and where to put my feet on the ground. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to go to this yoga studio i'm gonna go and do yoga because i said i would and yeah. it's the only tangible thing that i can do right now sure um and i stepped into the studio and i never left hmm. and and i think that is the beauty of the yoga it's a practice and it's something tangible mm -hmm. to come to physical when everything else is unknown yeah you know and mm -hmm. and so i started my process there amazing and it all lined up beautifully and um it was a good year of pain before mm. i started to come out the other end and my and my, and my practice was there the whole time mm -hmm. so that's where that that's started where that journey started and for that's you in yoga. yeah yeah and yeah. where i started to like you said have those moments of my life isn't what i thought it was going to be mm -hmm. so where do i go now like yeah. what do i do now when you realize that you actually don't have that much control exactly. anymore and you thought you did and you like mm -hmm. as, the more control you try and have over it the the more difficult it, the exactly. universe makes it actually yeah. for you sometimes and mm -hmm. um i i can totally relate to that in that yeah in in the way that um in terms of although i i have never actually been left in a relationship okay. so i've never had that like stab in the heart feeling mm -hmm. um although any pisces out there will know <laughs> that trying to leave someone is as painful and often like Absolutely. I was, it was really difficult for me to um a couple of my relationships i wanted to end it so i ended it and then literally two days two days later i'm like i'm so sorry i can't <laughs> deal with like not being with you like i've yeah. made a mistake and then a week later i'm like so <laughs> Ending it again for realsies this time. Oh. I'm so sorry to yeah. my exes. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, there's there's a moment. There's there's certainly a time when you're like, when you you feel not just your emotions are on a low vibration, a low frequency of like mm. fear, and that that pain of like heartache and heartbreak mm. is like mm. a whole mixed bag of all sorts of emotions, mm. and you you can't even put it like. Yeah. put them into one category often and you're all over the place so yeah um to to find yourself in that um sort of trough of your life is like 
the beginning of the 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 uphill yeah. section isn't it it's like yeah. the peaks and the troughs yeah. and like at some stage the trough will have to turn back around and totally. start going up again into the peak and like totally. for you literally 24 hours later you found yoga yeah. which became your yeah. your practice of self-love mm-hmm. and, um, and self-awareness and self-awareness yeah. yeah and starting it gave me a framework mm. to start to understand and not what happened. I spent a lot of time trying to blame myself. I think we do that, you mm-hmm. know, trying to figure out what I did wrong. You yeah. know, when life hands us something that's difficult. Yeah. You go, what have I done to make it about this? yourself yeah. immediately, don't immediately. you? Immediately. Like, so I had to go through that, you know, and think, okay, what have I done? I'm a bad person. Something, you know what I mean? That the world is doing this to me. Mm-hmm. And I think you've made, we've spoken about this before, that change in perception of. The world is serving you something mm-hmm. that you need. Yes. You know, yeah. we, we attach to... In the form of a challenge. Exactly. Or, yeah. Or whatever it is. And we, we attach to our experiences as good or bad or like wanting to mm-hmm. like go for the uphill and stay in the uphill, but you're never going to mm-hmm. stay up there. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen. It's a, it's a constant flux. Mm-hmm. And so if we're just living for the good times... Mm. We're we're cutting ourselves off from a whole Yeah, like, and labeling it as bad. Exactly. It's and like exactly. okay it feels more pleasant mm-hmm. generally mm-hmm. and more pleasurable to yes. be on a high vibration of yeah. like in love and in happiness exactly. and belly laughs with your friends yeah. and yeah. all that good stuff that we crave. Mm-hmm. Um but we often and I certainly am guilty for shaming myself for being out of that yeah. and, and on a lower frequency because often it's, um, <clears throat> and this is again me, even now on a podcast talking in a way to myself, I shouldn't be, but like, <laughs> this, <laughs> is it, the, this is the this journey. Is the journey. Yeah, I, I, I find myself like self-sabotaging mm-hmm. and feeling shame mm-hmm. um, around that. And then, and then again, categorizing any of those emotions and feelings as being good or bad. Um, whereas actually what I've been learning recently um, is that all feelings are divine and should be honored. hundred percent. They're sacred. They're sacred. Yeah. Um, and especially, in fact, the lower frequency vibrations of mm-hmm. like the low vibrations of like jealousy or fear totally. or loneliness and like anything. Loneliness is beautiful. Loneliness teaches you a lot. Yeah. I, I had a, I remember having a conversation with my therapist saying, I just felt really lonely this week. And she said, amazing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> therapists do that. And I was they like, catch what? You up yeah. And she yeah. was like, being alone is just, uh, you craving connection to yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you feel lonely and you think it's about somebody else, she was like, you're actually just craving, you're disconnected from yourself. And I was like, oh, well, yeah. okay. Yeah, this yeah, is amazing. Yeah. And, um, but that's not often yeah. how it seems no, when you don't have awareness of then when you're lonely, it's just like, holy shit, what have I done wrong? Exactly. I'm not good enough to be around people. Yeah. Like people don't want to spend time with me or the stories, the stories that you tell yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's also well, those stories don't actually come from you no. either. You're they, programming. Like, they're programmed from some situation mm-hmm. and then probably developed over time without you even knowing. Colored in and filled in mm-hmm. subconsciously. Yeah, the way, you know, the story thing is uh, there is an, a mechanism at play mm. where, you know, this, this categorizing of our experience in a sense is linked to us wanting to filter our environments for safety. 
Like it comes back to that base instinct of like, I'm going to say that this experience is good or bad, or it feels safe or unsafe. Based upon your previous experiences in life. Yes. So we hardwire as little kids from a really Mm -hmm. young age, we start to learn what um, is safe and not safe based on the feedback that we get. Sure. And like going back to what you were saying about emotions being sacred, your emotions are simply, not simply, they're quite complicated, but (laughs) they are your feedback mechanism about the world around you. Mm-hmm. So we're receiving information first in our bodies before it goes up into the story of the brain. Mm-hmm. We're receiving sensory information. If you think about emotion, it's always linked with a physical experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're crying, you have tears in your eyes. Well, emotion nervous. is like energy and motion. Exactly. My, one of my mm-hmm. teachers said that as mm-hmm. well. It's energy and motion. So it's a movement. And then we, depending on our experience of that movement, mm-hmm. We then label it. And put a story on it. And we put a story on it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a shortcut because our brain wants to conserve energy and it wants to keep us safe. Sure. So it's like, we'll just, that's cool. Okay, yeah. that sounds, that seems good. We'll just keep firing off that same loop mm-hmm. every time you experience that motion in your body. Sure. We'll just go there. Sure. That's like the way. And, and, and we do that over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. then we define this little persona ego of, who we are and how we react and what we like and what we don't like and mm-hmm. it, nice packaging mm-hmm. until the world serves us. The what, ultimate <laughs> lesson. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Whatever it is that we need to maybe break some of those barriers. Mm-hmm. And I think the more confined and constricted you are in your persona belief, sometimes the bigger the, the serving can be or the louder It needs to be. I had a lot of, looking Mm -hmm. back, moments of the universe trying to nudge me into awareness. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, okay, well, we're going to take the thing that, like, you think is the most important thing to you. And we're going to get that guy to leave without much of an explanation. Sure. That's going to, you know, we have to get in touch with certain aspects of ourselves that we're not in touch with. Mm-hmm. And we also, you can also go to the, then we also create situations yeah. for ourselves subconsciously in order to have that awakening. That aren't even happening. That yeah. aren't even real. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you, what was the, what was the difference between Jules who was with the future husband and <laughs> yeah. like what, <clears throat> yeah, um, it might be a strange thing to ask, but like mm. why did the universe serve you, your man leaving you? Mm. Like what was your lesson there? Like your my big lesson Mm. so i mean you pinpointed it before it was cultivating a sense of of love oh you just didn't have enough you were relying too heavily on him if he was like the external i think yeah manifestation of that Mm -hmm. of like needing love from something outside of myself but the ultimate the ultimate truth was is that i did not have love for myself at all yeah. Um, Jules before that and my current boyfriend now will laugh at this because he's mm-hmm. like where is that woman we were talking about <laughs> the other day um, was I was very I was perfectionistic I was very like set in my ways things needing to be perfect mm-hmm. um, achievement orientated like yeah like like abuse my body with exercise mm-hmm. like needed to be 
like top of the class. So you anyway. were trying to like make yourself a very specific person oh, yeah. thing that you had an ideal of. Totally. And I thought, I really thought that this was me. Mm. Like I was like, this is me. I'm like straight A student achieving, mm. you know, doing this stuff, studying my acting, my getting into that career. And, um, I put a, a lot of pressure on myself and I look back and I'm, I mean, I've always been me, very warm and talkative and able to connect with people. Mm. Um, that's actually where my gift lies and connection. Yeah. And um, so I had that. It was always there. But then yeah. it was masked and like covered up because of this lack of self-love sure. that I had for myself. Um, with all of these other things that I used to try to control my environment. To not access those feelings of loneliness and unworthiness. Sure. And... And like we were saying earlier, it's like the flip side of the coin. If I want to experience joy, love, happiness, I have to be able to go into unworthiness, insecurity, fear. Like Mm -hmm. I have to do that. But I created quite a nice little shell of like, I'm going to like kind of experience joy and love and Mm -hmm. stuff. A little bit. A little bit of that. But I'm definitely not going to go into the shame and the insecurity. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep myself away from that by getting good grades. Yeah. Like doing all of this cool stuff that makes me look amazing. Yeah. And it Do you t- think that yeah. stuff also is making you feel like you're worthy? 100%. Of the joy and the love exactly. that you're receiving. And right. if it didn't go well, I was devastated. And then you identify yourself with all of those, mm-hmm. like um, like you say, you're goal-orientated yeah. and or... Yeah. Um, I mean, the lists that I used to make... Really? ...were crazy. <laughs> crazy. You were like super organized. I was super organized. I didn't sleep. I used to wake mm. up at like five o'clock every morning and like go to the gym for two and a half hours and then Yo. study like crazy and like it, it this is my varsity years I was never mm. particularly outrageous or adventurous I was yeah. like you know in your own world yeah. on your own mission yeah yeah I can relate to that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I missed out on a lot of well mm. I mean missed out it's all happens the way it's supposed to happen but mm. um but in order to yeah to get really in touch with that shame mm. and that pain the universe served me up a situation that was like this is going to make you go into this so hard and you don't have a choice and your 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 life is going to fall apart i mean i think i lost like 10 kgs after mm-hmm. i couldn't eat mm-hmm. i was like just riding this like what the hell is the world total heartbreak total heartbreak like total heartbreak everything shut down i was just like mm-hmm. what is it um but i look back and i was having this thought the other day about um and like you were saying about how hard it is to leave Mm -hmm. like the gift that that was like the gratitude that i have for that experience is insane yeah because like years later i can sit and go wow it got me in touch with all of these aspects of myself that i spent so long trying to not go into Mm -hmm. because i was so afraid of feeling those things Mm -hmm. And I kind of cut on the surface of joy and whatever and experience yeah, yeah, yeah. and can, like real deep connection. Riding the wave of being very good at distracting yourself. Exactly. Like, I, yeah, I also as like a high, <laughs> high achiever yeah. means that like nobody's going to even ask if mm-hmm. anything's wrong. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'll counsel everybody else and I still fall mm-hmm. into this of like holding that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll just pretend, like this is cool. Like yeah, I'm yeah, cool, yeah. you know. Yeah, we don't, don't I don't know you go there. Yeah. Um, but then I was forced to go there. I mean, I had friends that had never seen me in that, you know, sort of space, and they really stepped in and they held me. And I and I 
like I was like, oh damn, I'm this person that like needs help mm. right now. How beautiful! Um, <laughs> How beautiful! It's so beautiful. Yeah, and because so you beautiful. learn what you learn, like what it means. Also, and mm. it's like sometimes some friends will teach you what it really means to be a friend, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh shit! Wow, thank you. Like, yeah. Because now I really understand what what it means. And like, to receive that. Mm-hmm. To go, is this yeah. for real? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm allowed to receive this love. Yeah. Like, you're not just all going to leave me because I failed. Yeah, totally. Like, no. Yeah. yeah. You are worthy. Yeah. The, so you were worth, you were discovering that you are worthy despite. Despite. So all of the things that I thought were keeping me safe and giving me worth, mm. a solid relationship, doing the stuff, like achieving, mm-hmm. when that was gone, suddenly I had relationships that actually meant something. Yeah. You know, suddenly it's like mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was like, oh, actually this is connection. Like yeah. being vulnerable, mm-hmm. being in that space and having somebody see you in that. Yeah. But I was kind of skirting around the issue for a lot of my life. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so stepping into, so that was stepping into that was huge. And then the yoga was just there. It yes. was just a constant. It yeah. was a physical constant that allowed me to just come back over and over mm-hmm. and over again and because it's such a introspective pro i mean it's you know you're practicing yeah. being with it's just you and you yeah. yeah yeah it's if you're doing it right so <laughs> the first few times i did yoga i was like busy like checking everybody else yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. mostly seeing if they're watching me and i was like hoping that they weren't watching me mm-hmm. and and then after a while you just realize like you keep looking around and you're like Every, everybody's just focused on themselves exactly. anyway like I'm just going to focus on myself and yeah. then you actually do it properly mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, but that also again is part of the process mm. that looking around feeling uncomfortable like in a new space going I don't know what the hell I'm doing it, the whole practice is a framework of reference to self the whole mm. thing is designed it's beautifully designed yeah to use your physical body as a means to access sensation or whatever is mm-hmm. happening for you in any particular moment mm-hmm. and then to witness your attachment or your story. And you might notice mm-hmm. this when you're on your mat. I do all the time. Yeah. I'm like in there and then like, you know, something's painful or something feels really good. Mm-hmm. And my mind goes off on this like tangent Tangy. about something. And then the teacher's like, come back to your breath. And I'm like, oh, okay. And that's the framework where I, and it's not to get rid of that happening. It's going to happen. Yeah. Like the mind, your mind is going to wonder it forever. is there forever. Yeah. And it's, it allows you to understand, oh, this is my attachment to this experience. Sure. And then to go, okay, does that align? Like now I've got a bit of perspective. Does mm-hmm. that align with? my the values or my beliefs as a human being or where i want to go or mm-hmm. does it or doesn't or is it, it an old story exactly is it an old story exactly and is it serving me you know mm-hmm. is it serving me in my purpose and then if not not to shame yourself for that sure. but to go okay well i'm just I, i'm giving myself awareness to choose something else mm. um, i find it very similar to meditation it's, um, it's meditation and, and movement yeah totally and i was thinking out today because we you actually um you, <laughs> you instructed the power yoga session that i was attending yeah. um this morning and mm. uh, power yoga at yoga life basically means like vinyasa with the room temperature up <laughs> so you <laughs> like you degrees. sweat balls <laughs> oh my gosh i sweat yeah. so much during yeah. that session but i was yeah. just thinking like 
the best yoga, um, I mean, I've only been going for a few weeks, mm-hmm. um, but from a beginner's standpoint, the best sessions that I do are when I'm really um, paying attention to my breath and like following instruction and breathing in and out at the right times. Mm-hmm. And then so you're actually for a whole hour focusing on your breath yeah. at the same time as your body, mm-hmm. which um, I mean, I've, I've only recently started to meditate for more than like half an hour. Yeah. Um, just sitting uh, either up on the mountain or down by the ocean or even in my flat and Mm. half an hour of just focusing on your breath is raises your frequency Mm. and definitely makes you feel better and it's not necessarily I get a lot of messages at the moment saying how do you meditate like I find it so difficult because I've got a thousand things going on in my mind I'm like yo I've also got a thousand things going on in my mind and the whole the kind of the idea of meditation and yoga in that sense I guess is that um you're just observing Mm -hmm. and then if you observe and you don't like what you are if it's not serving yeah if the thoughts that are coming on and you're like oh i don't i don't oh oh my thoughts are all over already you're judging yourself Mm -hmm. so then it's not gonna like Mm -hmm. happen yeah you have to bring like um loving awareness and non-judgment to your own thoughts and know that they're your thoughts and not necessarily Mm -hmm. you yeah. Um, because thoughts are often just like repeated conditioning that we've that we've learned throughout our life experiences. That and mechanism of oh, I like this, I don't like this. Yeah. Attach a story to it. Label it. Put it on replay, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think with practice, definitely over um, over the last year, sort of diving more and more into meditation and now yoga, definitely with practice, I can clear my mind. Mm. Um, but I generally feel like living this practice clears your mind more than just during the... It's not like you stop meditating and then your mind's like... <laughs> all over the place again. No. It's like you, you hold on to it, you maintain it. And then yeah. as the thoughts drop in, you observe them and you're like, does this serve me? Is this an old pattern? Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were saying before, sometimes the emotions will take over your body mm-hmm. and you'll experience the, the energy in your body before you even realize why. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah that's a difficult one to sit with and be like okay yeah. i'm anxious today what's going on because we want to define it anxious. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and um i think for me more often it, i observe my thoughts and then the anxiety comes and then i'm like don't shame yourself <laughs> for putting yourself in an anxious breathe. state breathe loving um, kindness exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah sometimes um my body try is trying to tell me something and it's like um, yesterday I, I, uh, I got up, I woke up at like four o'clock in the morning and mm. had to write down this crazy dream, dream. that I just told you about <laughs> earlier. Um, and then I was laying there wide awake and I was like, okay, I'm going to set my alarm for six o'clock and get, get up and do seven o'clock yoga. Yeah. And I woke, I, uh, my alarm never, I don't know what happened yeah. with my alarm, but I, um, I got up, at, I woke up at 7.30 or a uh, quarter past seven. Anyway, and I was sat there for like five, ten minutes in bed, feeling anxious. And I was like, "Why am I feeling so anxious?" It's dark outside still. And then I checked my uh, clock on my on my phone, and I was yeah. like, "Ah, my body's trying to tell me that you've missed your yoga. like yoga that mm-hmm. you like set your intention for two hours ago." Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really interesting. Yeah. And then I managed to rush to yoga anyway and get the. I actually did Kundalini yoga yeah. for the first time yeah, yesterday. That was really interesting. It's a trippy experience. It's very trippy, especially <laughs> it's 12 hours later, yeah. actually, yeah, I yeah. found. Um, it moves I, a lot of energy in your body. Mm, yeah. I, so last night's meditation out on the balcony um, was like, yeah, very, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, uh, I, I find it quite easy to like remove myself from my body mm. and just leave my body behind and go up into mm. um, up into the astral plane yeah. or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. you know? And that's kind of my favourite type of meditation. I yeah. come back and down from that and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> fuck <Let's> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, with, with in terms of, um, in terms of practices of um, sort of not controlling your thoughts, but a bit having awareness yes. of them, what's, yeah. um, how do you go about that aside from yoga? So meditation, I mean, you were speaking about meditation in the, in the, the clutter of the thoughts. Mm. And, and actually, that is meditation. So for anybody listening who's wondering, you know, what, what, is, what meditation? is meditation? Yeah. It's witnessing that, that stuff. Yeah. So, so, um, it's a spaciousness that we create mm. through whether it's the physical yoga practice or meditation. For me, um, I practice yoga. I have a seated meditation practice. Mm-hmm. And that's, for me, in my modern life, I teach, I teach at the Yoga Life studio in town and I also have my own corporate yoga biz. Mm. Yeah. And I go into offices around Cape Town and I, and I teach yoga to cool. to. To, uh, bringing it into like the guys into the who workplace. are yeah into the workplace um, and I'll often drive around and have like 10 minutes in the parking lot before I'm scheduled to go in Yeah. and I'm that girl who's like meditating in the car and people are walking past and yeah. just like, eyes closed like wondering what is that person doing um, so it doesn't have to look like anything particularly fancy it can literally mm. be 2 minutes of sitting with your breath with your eyes closed yeah. um, that is a seated practice you know we often think there has to be these elements like incense burning and like a trickle of a stream which is really (laughs) nice like it's really great like to have all of those things but we can also meditate anywhere you know we can take that into our practical day and it's just a it's a check-in it's Mm. a check-in moment to be like to witness the chatter or the not chatter the Mm. sensation or the numbness the disconnect Mm. and as you do these practices more and more. And that's what's so beautiful that it's called a practice because it yes. is a constant forever practice. There's no where to reach. Yeah. You're a, you're a teacher, but you're always the student. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, it allows yourself to cultivate a sense of space for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and Me between time. the thoughts. Yeah, exactly. And having awareness of the, of whatever it is that's happening for you and coming to understand that. I think you said it with loving kindness um, the, the witnessing, one mm. of my teachers, Lauren, uses the term unconditional friendliness, mm-hmm. which she's passed on to, like to us. Like yeah, that. and it's like witness these thoughts, see these things and cultivate this like unconditional friendliness mm. with yourself um, around whatever is arising. Imagine you were having a conversation with your best mate. Exactly. And they're like, they're, you can hear their thoughts and what you'd be saying back to their exactly. thoughts. You'd be like, no, 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 listen. <laughs> like, you're amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're just having one of those days. Yeah. Or, or there's um, the judgment. Or there's the... Totally. You know, the, that's interesting. Kind of getting, mm-hmm. again, something we use a lot in our teacher training and, and mm-hmm. at the studio is this idea of getting curious about it. So sure. just notice it and put a little question mark at the end and kind mm. of like leave it open-ended rather than a statement of needing to know yeah. why yeah like and that's my trap i'm mm. i can get very intellectual about these things and i yeah. can want to understand and know why i'm feeling a certain way it complicates it no end totally i'm like okay i'm gonna i'm feeling anxious today 
I'm going to go back into my childhood <laughs> and yeah. like pick apart like some experience to try yeah. to rationalize like why I'm having this sensation in my body. And so, I, I mean, I, I, and then I notice myself doing that and I'm yeah. like, wow, that's really interesting that you yeah. do that. Um, so it's just a, it's quite a simple practice. Like, mm. and isn't it so beautiful that it's so accessible and quite simple but so transformative. Oh yeah. Whether it's yoga and you're using your body as a means to like mm-hmm. have that framework of reflection or whether it's sitting. Because yeah. yoga can also be the physical. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're speaking yoga. When we're saying yoga, we're talking about the physical aspect. But I mean, yeah. yoga is, there's actually eight limbs of it. So it's a whole meditation wow. is one of the oh, eight limbs of yoga. Of yoga. Yeah. So if you're practicing yoga, it's not just the physical. Mm. I think a lot of people associated with the physical, sure. um, but traditionally the the physical practice was s- simply a means to like shift energy, move energy mm-hmm. in your body, and so align yourself so you can better meditate. So then you can yeah. sit, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can sit and witness. Um, yeah. So so I find yoga is totally helping my meditation in that mm-hmm. sense because for like I, a year ago, yeah, I couldn't sit cross legged for ten minutes yeah. without feeling like my back was hunched over yeah. and. I think like I developed a lot of um, tightness in my hips and my mm-hmm. legs generally from like 15, 20 years of kayaking. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, yeah. it's not going to help. But yeah. um, I've also been learning that you store and hold unprocessed emotions in your hips as well. Mm-hmm. So whilst I'm working on my and on a lot of my inner doing my inner work, a lot of, a lot yeah. of shadow work yeah. and with my therapist and um, trying to figure out and, and shift and process some of that stored up mm-hmm. old emotions through all the years where mm-hmm. I've been like captain positive <laughs> my whole life mm-hmm. and like that even became that was my identity especially yeah. when I was doing the daily vlogs everybody's like I love your positivity yeah. man I was like yeah well what's there what have we possibly got to complain about like <laughs> and which I didn't like in comparatively, yeah. Yeah. but then that's the other issue that comes in. It's like you're, my, I like to compare myself with other people's suffering. So like, mm-hmm. oh, your suffering is nowhere near yeah. as bad as other people's exactly. suffering. Like, at like, least, well, what's the yeah. at least that I, at least you're yeah. not blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that shuts that brings so no. much shame. Everybody doesn't matter like what what your background is. At some stage in your life, will experience the full. Hopefully, mm-hmm. the full swing of the pendulum mm-hmm. the full range of emotions totally. and, and it's relative to your experience exactly it's, it's relative, relative to what your your life experience is so no one mm-hmm. i mean look there is huge suffering and people are i'm not saying that there isn't um Untold you know privilege yeah. and things like yeah, that yeah. that exist yes but mm-hmm. on an individual level we need to honor our own pain yeah. as valid Yes. because then we lock it away in the mm-hmm. shadow and the stored mm-hmm. and we don't experience it we don't allow it to move through us and that's where the blockages happen and that's where we get stuck and then you can't also if you if you let those blockages happen because mm-hmm. you don't feel like you're worthy of suffering that much but and this is classic me also it's like <laughs> white male privilege middle yeah. class yeah. like there's there's no reason my feelings are not like, valid i i completely acknowledge mm-hmm. my privilege mm-hmm. um but until i actually let myself really sit with the the other end of the the spectrum, spectrum whereas um I've described it a couple of times before but there were moments um last year after i came off my motorcycle and mm-hmm. i was like 
laying fetal position on the on the floor of the bathroom crying not sure if i was gonna live because i didn't have the energy to go and get food from the supermarket let alone make food like that was that was a moment where i was like okay now i kind of understand like and now i have empathy for all the all the people that have mentioned the word depression and anxiety and panic attacks and all these things that um captain positive was like oh shame man yeah like i yeah i don't really know what anxiety is i guess um you'll deal i don't know how to you mm-hmm. know so mm-hmm. now that i've experienced that and understand it a lot better i now have empathy through experience yeah. Yeah. um so you're also denying yourself that that which is a beautiful thing yeah. because now i feel like i have so much more love and connection for all humans mm-hmm. in all walks of life totally including those mm-hmm. who seemingly have it perfect because yeah. you know yeah. that they yeah. at some stage have or will like yeah. experience the the whenever low the low vibes yeah. yeah whenever you need to but mm. and but especially for those who um i know are dealing with things and like cl- people that are close to me who have mm. been dealing with things and going through things and working through like tough parts of yeah. their life you're like okay shit yeah so i can be a much better human yeah. to other humans yeah. based upon my empathy that i've gained through my experience yes, now yeah. so how beautiful is that so beautiful i mean empathy is um brene brown calls it feeling with mm-hmm. so it's the ability to feel with yeah um another yes and often we lack empathy and it's exactly what you just described um, because if I can't go there in me, I can't go there with you. Yeah. So if I can't get connected to a feeling of sadness, mm-hmm. I can't connect to your feeling of sadness. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. it just, uh, it's not going to happen because mm-hmm. I can't feel with you. Yeah. And sympathy and empathy are very different things. And sympathy is that like, well, at least you've got X, Y, and Z. That's a sympathetic response. And we tend to do that quite a lot and it's quite shaming. I think, again, Brene Brown has a video on it about the difference between empathy and sympathy and it's a really beautiful thing. It's an important thing. It is. And we often think like, oh, we're being... Well, at least we try to like make someone feel... Well, at least... At least it's it's a sunny day. Yes. Let's go to the beach. Come on, pick yourself up. Exactly. And then you're dismissing that person's emotions. 100%. Which doesn't even, doesn't help them actually come to terms with them. Because they go, ooh, they learn, ooh, okay, at least I must just put that away. That's not worthy of attention or awareness or connection. Yeah. And and so, and this is, these are things that we learn from a really young age Mm -hmm. and it's no one's fault, you know, because you often want to like figure out why do I, why do I have these like filters that I've grown up with or um, as we pick them apart. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's like, it's just an understanding of if, if you had a parent that couldn't do sadness, you're not going to be able to do sadness. Yeah. You know, if you had an experience where that wasn't okay, mm-hmm. um, you, it's, you're, you've never learned that mechanism yeah. within yourself. So it takes a, it takes an unlearning and mm. then a relearning. Maybe the awakening is really an unlearning. Yeah of all of whatever we've learned to this point mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a it's like an unlearning of that to then come into awareness of okay now i've got a choice of how i want totally. to direct my life i think recently i've been thinking like you as uh i mean the podcast is called new perceptions mm-hmm. but new, like you can have new perceptions based on anything that's kind of evolving uh, in your yeah. mind and, and you're kind of 
realizing that it's not how it was mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, I've been talking about this a lot with um, our, our mutual friend Maria mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, we've been spending a lot of time together since yeah. Ella right now is like traveling doing retreats and amazing all sorts. things yeah she's having <laughs> a great time um, and we're talking about how in terms of emotions and I think just have you just saying what yeah. you just said made me kind of realize like this is true for all emotions but we were talking about how we were you you grow up with an understanding of what you think love is based mm-hmm. upon like your parents relationship based on the relationships you see in movies mm-hmm. and on your favorite tv shows so for yeah. me it was like the oc yeah. i don't know if you ever remember watching the oc but that shit fucked me up I'm and ever- friends <laughs> friends must have fucked up a whole generation of people in terms of like oh i thought that's what love totally. meant but at least at least people understood like what mm-hmm. like what laughter was like yeah. with friends and like that's funny yeah. but, but like the Osei uh, the Osei the Osei <laughs> Osei took me on an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. as a teenager mm-hmm. and I was like what I didn't trying to figure out what love actually is mm-hmm. based upon the TV is terrible <laughs> and then and so you all, all me and Maria have been doing like in our lives so far we were discussing is we, we're just trying to find out what love really is yeah. um, and what it really means to like I'm very good at giving love, mm-hmm. but my unworthiness is like blocks me from receiving it as yeah. well. And so yeah. to the point where um, my my unworthiness and my pain body of unworthiness um, still, even recently, I can be keep, I keep catching it, mm-hmm. trying to sabotage mm-hmm. my relationship with Ella mm-hmm. in little ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have awareness over it, thankfully mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not letting that shit happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's like there's something still there that's like you don't deserve this level of love Mm -hmm. like and we're going to make sure that we prove ourselves right by Mm self-sabotaging and doing the things that you know ella doesn't want the confirmation bias subconsciously setting up a situation to give Mm -hmm. us to create something that we and then our our ego or or our persona can go see Mm-hmm. I'm right. Told Meanwhile, you. you've done that. You've created the whole thing yourself. Exactly. It's all internal, mm-hmm. um, which is wild. But I think also like having... So my perception has been changing about what love is, is and yeah. what, what it means to give and receive love. Yeah. And yeah. Um, But I think also my perceptions have been changing around what sadness is, what loneliness is, and what all of these things that we have to have language labels for, totally. but are actually a feeling that mm. is like... you you can't it's untangible it's a feeling like I can do my best to describe how I'm feeling to you and you can be like oh well that's sadness Mm -hmm. or that's that's joy and that's happiness yeah Um, but it's not like the the pen it's literally a pendulum swing it's smooth and it transitions between each and every one of them in all sorts of infinite possible ways Mm -hmm. it's not like it goes chunk 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 like a switchboard down to different emotions like happy sad happy sad like (laughs) you go through the whole thing so there's like all sorts of in-betweens and um yeah that's been like a a big new perception for me it's been that like understanding that the the full range of emotions are um, to be honoured. They're all and sacred. They're all sacred. They're not mm. good. There's no good or bad. Nope. Uh, in fact, when <laughs> they're quite the opposite of what yeah. you're traditionally sort of taught yeah. is that like when you're sad or when you're anxious or depressed, that's yeah. your body really saying to you like, listen up, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I want something a, to change. There's always a message yeah. there. So yeah. if we go back to thinking about emotion as our feedback mechanism with what is going on around us 
emotion, that sensation, that movement, energy shift in your body. Mm. And, and so that's your feedback. And then it's just the story that gets in the way. The sure. way we've categorized that, that gets in the way of experiencing that, letting it move, and then letting, like you say, the pendulum swing. Mm-hmm. But we stop the pendulum when we attach to our sensation and emotion movement, when we when we make it a concrete thing. Oh, and it's yours. And it's, and it's yours. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's like my identification exactly. behind that. It's totally. Like, oh, I'm very familiar with being anxious. Like, yes. That's totally me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another a term that, I mean, we, among our yogis and, you know, mm-hmm. we use um, saying, I, I have awareness that, like, I'm aware that I have sadness. Mm-hmm. I'm aware that I have anxiety. Or yeah. I'm aware that, you know, this is happening in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to, I am sad. Yeah. I am anxious. Like, mm-hmm. so that's a very, if you think about the language of it, it's yeah, a very yeah, yeah. definitive thing. You're yeah. like saying, I'm sad. Yeah. And that's me. That's me. You're mm-hmm. identifying fully with the emotion. Yeah. It's like your body going, we have anxiety now. <laughs> and then you're up there going, is that so? Yeah. You're like, exactly. is that so? Exactly. And then, oh, we're super happy right now. I've never been more happy in my whole life. And you're like, is that so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the just, curiosity, yeah. the question. Of course, let yourself go there. Totally. And let yourself go and through let all it of move. those. Yeah. Like, let, it, let, let that stuff, mm-hmm. it wants to move. That feedback loop with your environment, it wants to finish the loop. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it wants yeah. to integrate. Something we speak about a lot in yoga is, you know, we talk about the mind-body connection, the unity, mm-hmm. the yoking, the yoga. And, and in, in the modern world, um, it's referred to as integration mm-hmm. um, and, and how we integrate our emotional experience. Like it's like finishing that feedback loop. Mm-hmm. So if we don't allow full experience or if we're not, we've not been taught to how to have like a full experience of an emotion and it's been shut down for, for example, whatever reason. For example, you get anxious and you're mm. sad about something and then you yeah. feel like you're going to cry about yeah. it. Or could, maybe because you you're angry. Hold it back. Yeah. And yeah. then if you, so you're not letting that mm-hmm. feedback loop take mm-hmm. a full circle. Exactly. Then we either hold that in our bodies. Mm. I read a book by Ken Wilber. It's a transpersonal psychology book. And he talks about that mechanism of holding back emotion. Mm-hmm. And I think I said it earlier, how emotion does have a physical charge. Yeah. You're anxious. Feel it in your belly. If you're sad, you're going to mm. cry. And and the way he puts it is, and if you're angry, you tend to want to hit something. Totally. Like there's a physical, there's a phys- there's a follow through. That end oh. of that loop is like a physical action. And he likened it to like, so say you're angry and that energy charge happens in your muscles on a very physical level mm-hmm. and then it's stopped. The blockage, the physical blockage sits in your body because there's no follow through. There's no integration sure. of the emotion. Mm. And so a lot of the reasons. Where does it get stored though? Like it's stored everywhere. Like everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And so then when people have re-experiencings of emotion in yoga, mm-hmm. sometimes that happens. Oh, I had a little cry. That, I'm not going to lie. I had a little cry. I'm just, that power yoga. Yeah, like, it does I, some crazy it stuff. It does some crazy stuff. Like power yoga is super hot, right? So yeah. That is like this is why I use it. I'm sweating mm. so much, so then at least when I cry, people can't see, see? me crying. <laughs> but sometimes when I'm crying, I'm like, I want everybody to see me cry because yeah. I'm like, you, you guys should you must cry too. Cry. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I have a lot of stuff yeah. comes up sometimes mm. in yoga, especially mm. if I arrive 
um, in a state of anxiety mm. or like even a little underlying anxiety or whatever mm. um, it will come up for me because I'm you say I'm like I'm physically like shifting that totally. in my body and allowing mm. it to process you're working it you're working that what they call in power yoga your edge right. which is then so it's you come up against your resistance because you're you're working hard mm-hmm. and your body's going into these positions that are, you know, difficult. Yeah. So you're coming into contact on a physical level with where emotion that maybe is unintegrated mm-hmm. is locked. Right. And then you're applying force. So it's like anything, you're applying force onto that area mm-hmm. to open it up. So, and then when it opens and it moves, you re-experience the loop of that emotion that didn't get to finish because we blocked it down. Mm. And then we integrate our body and our mind. We integrate our experience. Ah, On the outbreath. Exactly, Ah. exactly. So, and that's part of also the physical, the the physical element of yoga Mm. is to really on a body level because we had this discussion earlier, Mm. we can get very esoteric and like spiritual about everything and it's mm. so beautiful but we're also living in a physical body yeah this is like, the reality that we exist we, in right we now. exist yeah, in yeah. a physical form and it's and it's a concrete thing to us and we can and so they all all of those layers envelop one another there's not one plane to reach you know mm. we gotta kind of it's like the we gotta root down to rise up you yeah. know we're we're, mm. we're experiencing the whole the whole thing um so the body is such a beautiful and that's where the yoga the physical practice of yoga is such a beautiful way of doing that integration on a physical level, allowing those emotional loops that haven't been completed to mm. be completed and move and move. Yeah. And, and then yoga is just one of the ways. Just one of the like, ways. I mean, I mean it's, it's so a very effective way. Mm. Um, I mean, and there's uh, for me, for me, yoga is like, um, if the only thing it was doing was helping me shift unprocessed emotions, mm. that would be worth doing. But it's also yeah. making in the process, I guess, by like shifting those emotions, then you are giving your body an opportunity to be more supple mm-hmm. as well and be more flexible mm-hmm. because you're no longer holding that. It's like the physical is a representation of the, the mental. Mm-hmm. So as you create space in your body, you create space in your mind. Yeah. So as you become more flexible in your body, you become more flexible in the way that you respond to the world. Yeah. So rather than reacting when you're rigid and you're rigid in your mind, yeah. we're rigid, we're just reacting. Yeah. If you have flexibility in your in your mind, and it's what we were saying earlier, the space, the space that meditation gives, mm-hmm. it's not to get away from your thoughts, but it creates yeah. space around the thoughts so that then we're, we're flexible in our response. Yeah, and you become less reactive to mm-hmm. things that happen to you out of your control exactly. in everyday life, exactly. which are totally normal. Exactly. And I think when, when if ever I something would happen and I'm on a well, pre-awareness for mm-hmm. me, this mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. um, for oh, 32 years of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if something, if I was on a downer, and something would happen to me, I'd be like, oh, of course. Mm. Yeah, of mm. course that's happening to me right now. At the, the very last time that, like, this is not the time I need that at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course it's happening to me. You and just then, made me think of something yeah, that I want to read to you. Um, ooh. ooh. <laughs> just as you said that, I was like, I'm going to get this out. It's a, a friend of mine gave me this book, and it's called The Warrior of Light by ooh. Paolo Kulo. Is that how you say his name? The guy who wrote The Alchemist? I'm going to say yes. Yes, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Um, and it was actually something I wanted to bring into this conversation and you just said it. So, um, 
he gave it to me as a gift, mm-hmm. like walking this path and, you know, mm-hmm. understanding things. And, and, and this, this little excerpt that I screenshotted, mm-hmm. um, says exactly what you said. Um, a warrior of light knows that certain moments repeat themselves. He often finds himself faced by the same problems and situations and seeing these difficult situations return, he grows depressed thinking that he is incapable of making any progress in life. I've been through all of this before, he says to his heart. Yes, you have been through all of this before, his heart replies, but you have never been beyond it. Then the warrior realizes that these repeated experiences have but one aim, to teach him what he does not want to learn. Ooh, I love that. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. What, yes, that <laughs> what you do not want to learn is the key. It's the key. The key bit there because, yeah, that I have such resistance to obviously the the yeah. hardest lessons yeah. that I must learn and yeah. and, um, yeah. and they'll keep showing up for you totally yeah, yeah. and um, yeah I mean I'm, I find myself if I'm in a in a good headspace mm. um, I say good labeling like, yeah again I mean like, we've learned this this is something yeah. we've learned it's really hard to like stop saying <laughs> yes. good and bad you if know? I'm but, flowing through yeah. life <laughs> then I drive yeah. through Cape Town, which yeah. is driving in Africa generally is challenging and mm. and um, a very interesting experience mm. generally. But like mid midday, like Cape Town traffic with taxis everywhere and like yeah. all madness. When yeah. I'm in flow, yeah, nothing happens to me. Yeah, like I get green lights. Yeah. nobody cuts me off. <laughs> like and I'm in. I feel like my energy that I'm projecting around me doesn't invite mm-hmm. um, other people's yeah. negative energies. Mm-hmm. But when I'm in a rush and I'm late and mm-hmm. my mind is shaming myself for being late and then angry at the people who can't drive mm-hmm. properly and then every red light, like then all of these things are literally little mini lessons coming at me, Big asking time. me just to calm the fuck down mm-hmm. and like think about this for a second like mm-hmm. or don't think about it right? Like, yeah just like to yourself connect to yourself and yeah. and look at your thoughts like and then are you surprised mm-hmm. is myself shaming myself again <laughs> are you surprised that all this bad stuff's of happening to you happening. of course it's you happening asked for it. yeah you're projecting that yeah. energy out into the world yeah. and then it's going to be met with the same frequency exactly so we're creating our environments they're always, and, and again, like you've said, happening for us, mm. even in those situations. When we are disconnected from ourselves mm. and we're in our thoughts and we're attaching to our experience and we're attaching to our emotions mm. and, you know, we're like, which we all will 100% do. We're not mm. going to not do that. We yeah. do do that. Um, the world will unfold mm. to get us to access ourselves again. So it will happen even in the every, everyday life. It'll happen as a mechanism to reconnect to yourself. We say mm. it in the yoga room as a teacher, when you're teaching, yeah. you know, we're holding space for people. Mm. And, and, and if I'm not connecting to what's happening for me at that time, it'll show up in, in the class. Mm. Like people will check out. They'll yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's like, we're constantly feeding off of our environments and mm. vice versa. So you're and getting constant feedback even from your students. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. 100%. Wow. Your students are 100% giving you feedback. Especially of where yogi students. Especially yoga students. And, and, and anything. It's like our ner- on a nervous system level, we are constantly communicating. Constantly. This is like mm. some of the some great research that's happening at the moment. And um, a guy named Dan Siegel, who's 
who, who talks about this um, interpersonal neurobiology. It's one of the things that I was very drawn to in my yoga teacher training at Yoga Life that they sure. specifically talk about. And it's beyond just body language and like, which is also a, a nonverbal communication, mm-hmm. but it's like actual nervous system. Like we're just yeah. communicating constantly. Just because we can't see it, exactly. hear it, taste it. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. And so because of that communication, your life unfolds for you in a way that's going to allow you to come back to yourself over and over again. Wow. If we have the awareness, if we attach to our emotions, then the world is just batting you, over the, yeah, yeah. batting you over the head all the time yeah. and we're getting more and more frustrated. Yeah. By, oh, I'm so unlucky. Yeah. yeah, and I was that. I mean, yeah. not that I was unlucky, but before that big thing, the mm-hmm. big the big end to the big relationship, I was I felt very hard done by Yeah, a lot, you know? Yeah. And I had so many wonderful things to be grateful for, but I, I did walk around with the sense of like, ah, like, why is this happening to me? Like, why mm. does this keep happening? Certain things like repeated themselves. Mm. Why does this keep happening? And it was a, a huge attachment to, you know, repeated experience. I should know better. I should blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It was um, the lesson that you didn't want, want to, to learn. learn. Yeah. And so, and it's hard to, to see repeated experiences like that yeah. over and over again. Because mm. we do, we're, we're human. We are human yeah. and we've got our human brains and they, they'll, They'll do what they do. And they're magnificent. They are. They're, they're fantastic. They've kept us alive. Yeah, they're, they're like, <laughs> there's like millions of neurons and like there's so much going on up there. We it's can't even fathom mechanism. how, like, um, yeah, I was having this thought the other day when I was reading about the brain and how exquisite it is as the an design. instrument and the mind is like incredibly powerful tool mm-hmm. when it's sharpened correctly mm-hmm. and used correctly. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I was thinking like, wow, that and actually for me is enough mm-hmm. to just fill my body with gratitude. Mm. Like this human experience mm-hmm. is amazing. Amazing. It's amazing. And like how, it, and and then I think that's not how I feel often. Like ah. that's not always how I feel. A lot of the time, I am putting up with this human experience. Ah, you know? that's interesting. And I'm like and. Which is a strange thing to say because I've experienced untold joy and happiness mm-hmm. in my in my life mm-hmm. as well. And then, um, and this is something I was gonna hopefully come on to next. Yeah. But like, post awakening yeah. situation, yeah. Yeah. Um, spiritual emergency, yes. <laughs> um, all that good stuff. Like, all that good <laughs> stuff. Um, there's this for me. I really struggled with really understanding how many people there are who genuinely don't aren't don't have any gratitude for their human experience mm-hmm. and I've been there and mm. I still step back into that zone often and I have mm. to remind myself to come back into um being grateful for this existence and yeah um, and then I and I think well no it's no wonder actually that um humanity is kind of struggling mm. with this because we and why we don't really care I mean I don't, if you're, whether or not you're on the side of like climate change or climate change denying or mm. whatever, like mm. we, there's, we're in a situation where we have a choice to yeah. make with whether we care for this planet or not. not. And despite all the data, if you say, oh, it's all, if this is meant to be happening anyway, don't you want to look after your home a little bit better? Like, mm-hmm. is that not just something that you want to do? Mm-hmm. And, and, and not, like, why risk it? 
for the future generations. And the only reason why you would choose power, money, um, and greed, and, mm -hmm. and, and those kind of things over guaranteeing the future of your grandchildren's existence yeah. is because you don't actually appreciate your own existence yeah. fully. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're making choices in your life that don't align with your grandkids having a, a pleasant human experience, mm -hmm. You don't think it's worth having this experience at all. Yeah. Surely. And, yeah. Th and then I was like, fuck. <laughs> and then I was like, shit. Like, no, that's heavy. Like, that, and then yeah. I was like, wow, I really need to practice being grateful for this human experience more. And that's part of why I've been like doing a lot more meditation because it brings me into that space of yeah. um, that higher frequency of like love and well, if you think about, like, if you're using the, the analogy there of, like, why wouldn't you care about your home? Like, home is the planet. I mean, think about your home as your, like, physical mm -hmm. body home. Totally. You know? And, yeah. like, we got to nurture that. Like, it's, like, it's all, like, on a smaller scale. But yeah. getting comfortable in this is the beginning, is the beginning yeah. of getting comfortable in the broader spectrum of yes. things. and Because like, it's overwhelming being a human. Yeah. It's really overwhelming. We have a lot of information, energy, feedback happening yeah. all the time with our environment. Yeah. Those emotions that are there. They're so, like we said, sacred and divine because they are an indicator of what is happening. Mm -hmm. And so they're so beautiful. We don't want to cut off from, from that. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, we, it was interesting, Maria and I, because we were having mm. a similar conversation about about this and in the car the other day. Yeah, you know, st standard conversation, yeah. and um, you know, having that emotion as a as a connection to the external, mm -hmm. you know, and and it is that. I mean, that's what it is. It's our feedback to the world around us. Mm -hmm. We were speaking about depression, and I think you know a lot of people. I certainly have experienced depression in my mm -hmm. life, and. You know, depression, from my understanding and what I've experienced, isn't, I mean, it is an overwhelming feeling of sadness, but it's more like that feedback loop mechanism stops happening. Mm -hmm. It's like a numbness. Mm -hmm. It's like you're not receiving anything. It's like a block, yeah. you know, from... That's from, scary. And that's scary because that's how we connect, like, mm -hmm. with the world mm -hmm. and... So, which I is mean, kind of why we're here. It's uh, like, I mean, the worst thing that you can possibly do to a human is put them in solitary confinement. Exactly. Like, yeah. That's the worst thing you can yeah. do to someone. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there saying, <laughs> being yeah. like, I hate, I hate people, <laughs> and I'd love to spend more time in solitary confinement. All of confinement. my time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> totally. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah we we're here to connect with one another, and exactly. like it or lump it, we need each other. Mm -hmm. Like we need each other more than we think, mm -hmm. and. That's also something that um, was like independence was glorified mm. a lot when I was a kid mm. as well. And like yeah. um, managing to do stuff on my own. Like I don't need nobody else. Mm. Like, oh, isn't he so strong? Mm. Like, <laughs> my like, little box that yeah, I'm going to yeah. put myself in. Yeah, I know what strong means. Strong yeah. means I can do 50 chin-ups. Watch yeah. me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got this. Yeah, exactly. yeah. For me, strong was like I can make a list and do everything on that list. Mm -hmm. in no time at all and still get straight A's and not sleep and like yeah. look how amazing I am and then none of you will question any of this any of this yes you exactly you won't get behind this facade that I've created for myself do you think any of that um, sort of success and those mm. like uh, achievement um, mm. sort of status uh, with you is it, was it any ever a case of because I know for me like mm. a lot of my achievements I look back and I think 
I was actually just trying to be seen mm. also. Mm. Um, Big time. By anybody who will see me. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. And, yeah. and receive receive love in the way that I because I just want to receive love in the same way that I give it because yeah. I know how to give it yeah. like I yeah. think yeah. <laughs> like yeah well, I've been yeah. figuring that one mm. out as well mm. but mm. whatever it whatever it looked like it felt good for me so I was like mm. am I doing this thing called life right guys mm. like I have I got enough medals yet for yeah. you guys to like see me and then I was identifying myself with all of those things and um, things and the things I do and yeah. and yeah, um, big time. The doing. I mean, mm. that's what I, I identified myself with a lot. Um, I would come home from like America in the summer holidays, go back to Durban and um, come home and like rearrange the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, like my parents <laughs> almost shame them in a way. Like yeah. I'd come home and be like, why isn't everything organized and why like labeled and like, why isn't mm. everything great? And then I used to go and do it and... And then I needed to be up at like, I was on holiday, I was on vacation and I had to get up at six o'clock in the morning, like go to the gym and I couldn't sit still and watch a movie with my brother. Mm. He used to say that apparently. Just be like a waste of time. Yeah, this is a waste of time. Why am I not doing this? Yeah. I mean, it's like, mm, um, but And now, now now you give yourself (laughs) as much time as I I guess as you need for your self-love and like... Look, it's a work, it's a practice. Yeah. It's a working progress, and there's no, um, obviously, goal to get to. Mm-hmm. But I think once you step into awareness, the lessons come a little, a little bit harder and faster. Yeah. Once you open yourself up to it. So let's rewind a second yeah. to um, post break, hectic yeah. breakup, yeah. heartbreak. Yeah. Stepping into yoga, yeah. stepping into awareness, yeah. and then. Um, so we, we had a discussion the other day mm. about what it is that happens that makes you need spirituality, mm. like, and that spiritual mm. emergency. Mm. Mm. Um, and what for happens? me, it was my motorcycle accident, yeah. Yeah. which then was the catalyst for yeah. uh, depression, mm. which was actually lingering always anyway, but I never, I was so good at distracting myself. Like if you want to be busy, make daily vlogs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do that. that, I'll do everything except for sit with my emotions. And then the motorcycle accident was like, well, actually I'm going to give you six, seven weeks, eight weeks to recover from a surgery. And then you can't do nothing (laughs) except for sit with your emotions. And then Mm -hmm. that's when the, that's when I really I had no choice. I was processing emotions mm. daily, all day, every day with no choice at all, thinking that I was like, this is the end. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, then and then I, I suppose that was my emergency situation mm. where mm. Um, spirituality came in. Yeah. And, there, and it doesn't even really need to... I mean, it, it felt like it was kind of there all along. Yeah, because I'm, me too. Because I've had this big, big questions that my mm. whole life mm. and... I've been, my conditioning taught me to go with science, Mm. go with the facts, Mm. like otherwise you might be seen to be stupid, which Mm -hmm. was a fear of mine as well. It's like, I must research everything, not necessarily both sides of the story, but make your mind up and then be very good at arguing against like um, spirituality. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like reading reading Richard Dawkins books and like, yeah. And which are all, all incredible arguments, yeah. of course, yeah. but they don't help you very much when you think you're going to die, die of depression yeah. and then something else needs to happen. And that's the emergency mm-hmm. situation that mm-hmm. comes in. And Big then 
yeah, and then slowly but surely you start to discover that there's this whole other way of existing mm-hmm. that is actually like goes against a lot of what you've learned yes. and a lot of what society believes to be mm-hmm. um, uh, of highest priorities mm-hmm. and it goes against like economic growth it mm-hmm. goes against like um, competitive like lifestyle and yeah. and um, it goes against like serving your ego first mm-hmm. um, and it it brings you back to yourself mm-hmm. uh, which is the key thing and then yeah. And I find after a while reminds you like or you know, sort of educated me that like hey you've brought you back we've brought you back to yourself a yeah. bit. Now you can realize that you are everybody else and like mm-hmm. you are like I am. And then me, it gets really crazy. Me. And then it gets really good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But without wanting to go too much down a rabbit mm-hmm. hole, um, so the the what's the sort of things that you experience mm. um, that you can tell us about one mm. once you start going down that rabbit Road, hole? Down yeah. the rabbit hole. Um, so let me think about this for a second. So I had obviously my big, my big thing. And I mean, there's a series of things that happen that keep waking you up, you know, and like getting you to connect back to yourself. You know, that's always happening. It's not an on off switch, by the way. Like it's an ongoing awakening. It's not like you are awakened now. No, it's like, it's a relearning. Someone's, you peered down the rabbit hole and someone's kicked you from behind and now you can't climb back out. You're you're yeah. Neo and you took the red pill. Exactly. Like, it's game over. Matrix, 100%. <laughs> well, like, level why one. Why did I take the yeah. red pill? <laughs> yeah, my what? therapist literally asked me that, um, yeah. like, after our first couple of sessions where I had a big breakthrough and a big paradigm shift. And she was like, right, now, literally, Neo, he, she was like, Neo, how far? She quoted the Matrix. And I was like, I love you so much. Yeah, how and, far are you And I, sent, I messaged her back saying the red pill. And then two or three sessions later, and I'm like, why fuck why did I take the red pill Mm -hmm. awareness is a bitch Mm -hmm. it is like awareness like as much as it sounds like this really airy fairy we can bypass like all of this stuff for this like beautiful spiritual experience that you know we're all one and love and like Mm -hmm. yes great um but it's a bitch because we've got to deal with our stuff Totally. And it's gonna, we're gonna shine the light of awareness, which also sounds mm. like a very warm and fuzzy thing, onto mm. some pretty dark places. Yeah, your shadow. Work, yeah, that's like, like really it. sticky and really uncomfortable mm. because it's been trained to be that way. Yeah. Um. So I think, so for me, moving into, so first it was the the letting go of the acting. Right. Which, I mean, I guess I haven't gotten to, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah. was like my whole Whoa. life until I was 24. And then it was like, <sighs> you know, bye, I'm not doing this anymore. Which, I mean, the, there is, gra- I have huge gratitude. I'm still even waiting for the shoot to drop with my parents who like paid for this incredible education for me mm-hmm. to go and study at this mm-hmm. amazing school in New York. Huge and then, part like, of your journey. Huge part. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm going to go be a yoga teacher. And they're like, do it. You know, Excellent. and I'm like, yeah. what? Whoa, like, this amazing. is so crazy. Um, but I had the same with my parents as well. I mean, like, my, I think my parents pretty early on learned yeah. to just be like, go on then. Yeah. All right then, because I was going to do it anyway, most yeah. likely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So parents, it's incredible. So, so, like, mom and dad, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, so that, that was the first sort of step is that I started practicing yoga and then I was practicing all the time. Like I said, it was my like my physical thing to come back to over and over again. Well, like every day. Like every day. Okay. Like especially in that breakup, so I was like, in. "There is the yeah. studio." I started working at the front desk. Mm-hmm. 
like connected with Dave and Lauren, who were the ex owners there, who mm -hmm. have been my biggest teachers. Mm -hmm. And they took me in, and mm -hmm. you know, we had this little family thing going. Mm -hmm. And the, so that was my, my place. Do you think now, looking back, just mm. quickly, do you mm. think that everyday yoga for you might have still been a bit of a distraction? Yes, totally. Yeah. I, and I, I realized so yeah. that as I went down, yeah. you know, so that became my, like, I was like hanging onto the cliff. Mm -hmm. I was like, yoga, like on the yeah, cliff, yeah. you know, like this is all I've got tangible to my experience. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, actually, it was a bit of an escape mm -hmm. because the meditation and the movement and the breath, I remember once in Shavasana going, wow, this is the first time I haven't thought about the pain of the breakup for an hour. So, mm. yeah. So it was, in that way, it's so beautiful because mm. also I was stuck in pain. Sure. I was very much attached to my pain. Oh, you were identifying I was identifying 100% with my pain. Okay. So having that ability to disconnect from the pain or just not identify so mm. heavily with it was like... <gasps> coming up for a little sip of air yeah you know? so you were that person where people if, if you went to a bar with your friends yeah. and some hot yes. guy like chatted to your friend like hey that guy that is you <laughs> like not uh, like yeah. not that your friends would ever say yeah. this but they're, you, they're like no 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 no, no. you you don't don't even no. bother she's like getting over like totally yeah. yeah so you were like oh no no i'm getting over someone yes. like i that's your identity yes now. exactly like, yeah. i was like moving into that and i was like yeah and i had like i say incredible friends like angels that just mm. showed up like out of some people that i hadn't even been very close with that just showed up and have become like wow. the most precious people to me literal angels mm. just like there um and but that's so so that was definitely partly a distraction um but a distraction in like a needed way sometimes you know it works both ways yeah sometimes we're so heavily attached to our experience we need something to take us out of that sometimes we're not and we need something to bring us back in yeah it's a constant flow so i did that for a bit and then i was like kind of working going to castings like doing this stuff but feeling like no no man's land you know sure. that was so you're still a, doing a bit of acting yeah yeah yeah. you didn't know at this point that no, you wanted to start. no i was just practicing yoga and doing but i remember like having quite a distinct uh feeling i think it was my intuition of like i'm gonna do that yoga thing one day mm. like i can do that yeah like, i can definitely do that but i was just in the family of the studio, I found my little nest of like mm -hmm. yoga love and like go there and like it's my space. And I started to understand the conversations that I was having with myself and that was all coming into awareness. And, mm -hmm. and suddenly I was like, I don't align with this industry of work that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And so that was like awareness as a bitch, right? Like suddenly yeah, yeah. you're like, I've been doing this for so long and like, I don't actually align with this. There's mm -hmm. something there because I've got a, a talent for this particular thing, mm -hmm. but I'm not like, it's just not feeling like it's not, I don't know if this is actually what I want to do. Like, and yeah. that was also a big moment of like, yeah. is this, what? I can relate what? to that. Yeah. yeah. With the kayaking. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I spent my whole like teenage existence, I think from age sort of 14, I was training every day at mm -hmm. the canoe club and then it was... Um, and it just ramped up more and more and more yeah. every single season. I never took a season off. I like, yeah. couldn't afford to. Like yeah. I just wanted to win everything. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and every, every time I did win, everybody around me would tell me how much. And like I I my perception of who I was became like yeah. increased and like inflated my ego every time I did win. Mm -hmm. And 
um, and then yeah I got to a point where I really and actually it was with um, um, it was with our psychologist our team psychologist mm. oh, who wow. I believe I think I remember her name was Kate yeah. she was incredible yeah. and actually an angel yeah and like um, she she was like are you is this really what you want to be doing mm. which um if the if the, if the head of British canoeing had yeah. heard the psychologist yeah. <laughs> telling asking the, <laughs> the, the asking guy. the athlete if they yeah. wanted to be an athlete anymore, I probably wouldn't have gone down so well. Yeah, but I just thought, you know what? And that was like the, there was kind of a couple of phases to it for me, and it was um, firstly the, and the most sort of important phase was that like I was much better at marathon racing than I was okay. at sprint racing. Okay. But there was no marathon racing in the Olympics, ah. and so there's no money in it, like directly. That's right? like me. I was much better at stage acting than film acting, but mm. there wasn't any money in stage acting, so I went into film acting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah. totally in that, in, yeah. in those two industries, mm. one is like the popular one that has money mm-hmm. and and is an Olympic mm-hmm. discipline. Um, and the other one is like certainly for me marathon racing was far more of an art yes like you're allowed to move around you're allowed Mm. to use tactics Mm. and suddenly I I could beat people who were faster than me because I was smarter than you yeah like or fitter or whatever following yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) exactly it was far more intuitive for me to Mm. like raise people in that arena Mm. um so a big move was being like okay fuck maybe I'm not going to be an Olympian Mm. and when my friends around me are like we're all aiming to be Olympians. Mm. Mm. And then a lot of our team, um, I was hanging around with um, Olympic champions that mm. were training, were trying to keep up with their training. Mm. Um, and that was the ultimate goal. And it was like, I just want to get my GB tracksuit. Mm. Like, that's all I wanted. Like, uh, like, and and I I got this result. Um, I got my, sort of my best sprint result I'd ever got. And we were sort of top nine in the world. Mm. Um, wow. And that still wasn't enough no. for us as a European nation to qualify for <gasps> Beijing. So it was like a big heartbreak situation. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, my, um, Kate was like, why don't you go and do marathon? Like, mm. you're good at marathon. Mm. So I was like, okay, yeah. And that gave me a permission slip to, like, drop one whole identity that I had yeah. that wasn't actually serving me. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I had a great time on the sprint team totally. going to all the events. And, like, everything was exactly how it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but as soon as I gave myself the permission slip to step out of one thing into another, even though it was still like full time mm-hmm. training, mm-hmm. and the training is basically the same, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I it became a whole new person because I was like I ident- like stopped identifying myself yeah. with something that wasn't serving me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sprint racing, started doing marathon, mm-hmm. won the marathon, mm-hmm. like smashed the marathon side mm-hmm. of things, and then. YouTube came along mm. <laughs> and all the opportunities henceforth yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that was a whole nother thing and that, but it was much more easy for me in that mm. stage to drop kayaking completely I think I was age 25 or 26 yeah. um, and because I was excited to find myself a new identity yeah. like I was excited for the next chapter which was already going to be a creative one I'd already started making little films and taking mm. photos and, and sometimes um, it's a feeling like it's a totally yeah totally it felt like the right sort of time yeah. and it was because it's yeah. what you needed to get exactly you to everything really everything everything is happens. the right sort of timing yeah. perfectly yeah. always and um but it wasn't the right sort of timing um from the perspective of some of my friends mm. um and close fam not close family like my, my parents especially always mm. just like whatever you want to do do it you go and do it they're amazing mm. and 
they always support me in whatever craziness and and trust me the last year has got real crazy, crazy. for them like they're like at this stage they're like yeah you do whatever you want like just keep going just buddy keep going yeah um yeah but it was it was difficult to well it was actually quite easy uh, when it really came down to it but mm. but like um dropping your identity with something and moving on to the next mm. chapter um yeah. is and, and what people say and think about you in, in that scenario mm. is actually nothing to do with you. Exactly. Nothing, it's completely out of your control. It's always is that way. Yeah, you're just worried about being wrong yeah. or I should never have done that. Mm. What if I had stayed? Mm. I would have done this or like mm. that would have happened. And, totally. like, and, and I, I still I still have those moments. I think maybe for me it's a little bit separate. I mean, if any of my friends who I was at varsity with in the States are listening to this, they would be like, what <laughs> she's done what because <laughs> i'm back in cape town and i'm not yeah. really in that circle yeah and i was new to the industry here when i moved and started working and auditioning mm. so i hadn't created here an identity for myself as that in particular. Uh, so geographically, so geographically you had like different versions of yourself me. yeah it's like yeah. i can just go and be whatever and i think some friends now from my childhood in durban who've moved around mm. are quite surprised that I'm not necessarily acting or they might think that I'm still doing it. I mean, yeah. you know, they're like, what if she's gone and done her, done her thing? Mm. Um, but I, I, yeah, moving away from that, I try, I took a, I, I took an easy transition for two years. I decided after the breakup and the floundering and the thing, and I didn't know where I, I was like, I need a nine to five job mm-hmm. to like, tell me where to be and give me money and I don't want to think about any of the stuff. Structure. Like, I was like, I need structure. Yeah. How am I going to get, I'm an actor, like I've got a theater degree, like what what nine to five job am I going to get right mm. now? Um, and the universe doop, served me a, uh, a, a job as a casting assistant okay. for a casting director. Mm-hmm. Company, nine to five, but it was in the film industry, which I understood. I was like, cool. I got this, I know this, but it's like set hours and set pay mm. and like, I'm going to do this. And literally it served it up. Right. It was like, here you go. This a friend was like, this person's looking for an assistant. Da 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 da. Applied, got the job. I was like, okay, I'm doing this for now. Too easy. It was supposed to. Happen. Yeah, it was supposed yeah, to. Happen. Yeah. And so I did that for like two years. Hmm. And while I was doing that, I did my teacher training. So it was after about two years of practicing. Mm-hmm. I only did my training in 2016. Okay. At Yoga Life. Mm-hmm. And so then I, I, while I was doing that work. After about a year of the structure and like getting my feet on the ground, I was like, I cannot do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not my thing. Um, but I, so yeah, that was quite funny. And then I did my teacher training and I started teaching straight away. Mm. And I just did that. I started getting my corporate clients like straight away. Like I've had these guys for like three years now and they're amazing. amazing. And, and so I just stepped straight into it. And looking back, I think that obviously my acting background had a huge part to play in uh, being able to stand in front of a group of people and guide them. Confidently. Confidently. And like, yeah, and connect with the whole room. Exactly. Yeah. And use your voice. And, and I think the big learning that came, so like all of these, yeah, shifts and stuff and like leaving certain things behind and, and still I get a little bit attached to that story, even more so of like, maybe I should have a nine to five and be... Like, what, I'm a yoga teacher. <laughs> like, yeah, sometimes yeah. I'm like, that what I do? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I never thought I'd do that, but okay. You know, and like, yeah. I had to catch myself too and going back into that old programming of thinking certain things. Mm. Um, 
But I, looking back on the whole thing, I realized that the gift that I always had as an actor was the ability to hold space for people mm. to allow them to have an experience through me. Sure. So I think Natalie Portman said it. She probably didn't say it, but I heard her say it. That acting is empathy in motion. So it is. Because yeah. you're embodying and feeling with a whole other person. Mm. And you're putting that across in a way, whether it's film or theater, to allow the people viewing it to run through their own emotions through sure. you. Totally. It's a release. It's a cathartic yeah, yeah, experience. Yeah. I mean, we spoke about it in theater. The Listen, cathartic. I cry a movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. The time. You're like, and I'm... it's often when the acting is like on point. I'm like, exactly. Oh, you guys really got me. Exactly. Just like <laughs> the yoga is putting a bit of pressure on that physical blockage in order mm -hmm. to move it to experiencing it. It's that's what acting is. That's what acting yeah, is. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So mm. first I was, thought I was leaving one thing for the other. And then I realized that I was always on my journey mm -hmm. because the gift that I believe that I have is to hold space and to connect. Yeah. I was doing it through a different mechanism before where the mechanism was for me to kind of be in the spotlight. And that's when I like... People will think this is crazy because I was like tap dancing on the stage and like singing and dancing all the time. They're like, you love being in the spotlight. I actually don't yeah. really like being in the spo spotlight, which was another huge awakening awareness. Mm. I was like, I don't actually... You're putting yourself through torture yeah. because you feel like that's what you have to exactly. do. Yeah. Exactly. To fulfill my purpose of connection sure. and because that filled me. It I has mean, to be hard. Exactly. Yeah. When I was on stage and I could feel that the audience was feeling and we were feeling with one another, mm -hmm. I, I was on my path. Yeah. Like, I was there. Yeah. Like, I know that. That's why I was mm. so attracted to it. I was like, I am in this for life because mm. it felt right. The yoga is exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's just not in that industry that can get very toxic from my point of view. Mm. Other people may have a different experience. Um, but that... So, I've just taken the same thing that I think is my mm. gift into somewhere that I, I mean the pennies were just dropped when I did my teacher training it was like boom 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 like everything mm -hmm. was just like there already like all of this information mm -hmm. I was like yes 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 so okay. for your your based upon your life experience yeah. young mind conditioning mm. all of your gifts and everything to you looked like being an actor exactly in the world yes right? in the world yeah. like Hollywood like this was like the dream right mm -hmm. like Hollywood A-list literally yeah, yeah, yeah. like there there we go like that much like expansiveness yeah, yeah, those I guess skills. that's yeah. what it felt like to me my family people around me you mm. know um, and then but it's not that light is for mm. another purpose and we, we uh, I think we've said it a few times on mm. the podcast over all the different episodes and mm. certainly it's been mentioned a few times on this episode i just wanted to like talk about what holding space means mm. because um for us it comes up a lot in yeah. in conversation yeah. but i remember a year ago when mm. um ella was talking about holding space holding yeah. space i'm like what do you mean holding what? space like what, what yeah. exactly does that mean and yeah. it's like um i suppose to, for me it means mm. that um and i suppose using a practical example mm. would be like if you were if you were upset about something that had happened mm -hmm. and you needed someone to talk to mm -hmm. you phone me and say can I come over and have a cup of tea and we're going to yeah. talk about this yeah. that me 
inviting you into my yeah. flat, making you a cup of tea and sitting you down is holding space, space for you to yeah. talk about whatever you want to talk about, mm-hmm. help you process emotions. Mm-hmm. And it obviously means different things based upon all the in- infinite different possibilities of what holding specifically space holding space is. But like, yeah. is that about right? Like, Yeah, I would think on a physical level, mm-hmm. like on a concrete level, because it is, you're yeah. literally holding... A physical space somebody to come in and for you to help them and mm-hmm. um, I think from like the way in which I've come to understand it as a yoga teacher mm-hmm. the holding of space is it's like energetic as well yeah it's holding yourself yeah so and so that's what I had to like understand is that like holding space for people is being able to hold yourself mm-hmm. and to allow people to have their own experience within the framework of your understanding without judgment, without like, without, so you've got like enough awareness around your stuff, your triggers, Mm -hmm. your projections, your whatever, Mm -hmm. when somebody is in a state of emergency or just needing to be held in that space, you are then able to separate actually in order to connect sure so does that make sense totally so So if if you came to me crying yeah and i got too lost in your story and Mm -hmm. started crying about it also Mm -hmm. which is classic empath (laughs) like empaths do that um and that's that's where i've certainly had to learn to like protect myself Mm -hmm. in order to hold space better for people emotionally yeah Um, and i think you might have said it like this empath or somebody who has a big feeling for mm-hmm. other people's experience mm-hmm. there is a lack of boundary there totally and so so it's really important to cultivate part of holding space is cultivating your own boundaries mm-hmm. so that you can then hold hold space for others yeah and it's a hard process it's not like it means you're constantly having mm-hmm. to check in and do this work with yeah. yourself to be able to do that for others mm. um so yeah for me it's like it's the constant practice and process because it's never a defined thing yeah of connecting to myself in order to connect outward with other people and allow and have it be okay for everybody Mm -hmm. to have their own individual experience without me putting my labels onto it or my like feelings or whatever i can just let that organically be what it is and it's not easy and what's also uh, like acceptable as well I've mm. learned recently is not being able to hold space so if, if you'd message me saying I, I literally need to like I'm dealing with this thing and I'm busy dealing with my something that I'm dealing with yeah. it would actually be a bit of a disservice to you for me to 100%. be like be like like blow my nose and like wipe my eyes and just be like yeah no yeah 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 totally come over and pretend and then do a disservice to my processing exactly. of my emotions exactly. and then try and hold space for you but actually in the back of my mind all I can think about is how I've put on pause something that I'm dealing with at the moment and then I can't properly connect to you exactly and hold space like you deserve so you can't you can't hold space with an empty cup sure like if I don't have anything to give Mm. I can't hold you Mm. like in whatever it is you're going through if Mm. I'm not able to access because again part of holding is empathy Mm -hmm. feeling with having the ability to access my emotions so that I can I can feel with you. Mm-hmm. If I don't have the capacity to go into sadness right now for mm-hmm. whatever reason, because I've got to protect myself, mm-hmm. I can't hold space for your sadness. Sure. Because I can't actually empathize with you. Yeah. Because I don't have the room. Mm-hmm. 
and it's okay for me not to have the room. There's some days where I can't go into sadness. Yeah. Like for whatever protective mechanism or I just don't have the space in my body or I haven't been mm -hmm. able to sit with it and move it and yeah. let it go. Like that is a very real part of our everyday life. So mm -hmm. we're not always going to be able yeah. to hold space. Or you're about to go into a yoga session where you're teaching people exactly. and then you don't you're like actually i need to this for myself exactly. right now to do my job yeah and that's the self-care mm. piece it's like sure. the self-care of i'm i'm this is like my work is to be in myself enough to be able to and it's not going to be perfect every time no. either i'm going to walk into a yoga room and think i can hold space for people and i have no capacity mm. and it'll read and people energetically will probably feel it mm. and also that's okay too like we're not looking at a hundred percent perfect rate all the time sure because that's impossible mm -hmm. so um yeah i think it's it's that getting to know and we've spoken about this so much over the last however long we've been talking <laughs> but it's getting to know your wiring mm -hmm. not to necessarily get rid of or shared or shame mm -hmm. but to understand how you are feedbacking with the world your emotions your mm. labels your everything so that you can as you say meet yourself yeah to then meet others and if you don't have the capacity that's fine that's also perfect you're just like mm. i can't i'm doing a self-care day mm -hmm. and i have love for you but i don't have i think i said it to a friend who's not doesn't use this sort of language mm -hmm. not to say that she's not yeah, yeah. aware like she's totally aware in her own way again because mm -hmm. we can also get caught up in this like i'm more aware it yeah. becomes such i'm more spiritual thing. i'm more woke exactly than you. but yeah. it's actually all the same thing yeah like spirituality and science is actually the same thing mm. science is just like now like a measure for like the stuff that's been known for so long but like it's all actually the same thing which is quite crazy actually um, but that's such a spiritual thing to say. Such a spiritual thing. To say. <laughs> the oneness, <Yeah. laughs> the oneness of it all. Um, but I had a friend who we were having quite a deep conversation about something, and I said to her, I just wasn't able to hold you. I'd hurt her mm. because I wasn't able to hold her at that time. Mm. And I used that word, and I remember her going, "What the hell do you mean? You can hold me?" Like, because yeah, it was yeah. like a literal. And I was like, I kept saying, "Not physically." I'm sorry, I couldn't <laughs> hold you. Like in that emotion, and mm. um, you know, and she was like, "What are you talking about? I don't get this." But it is. It's the I couldn't go into my those feelings about myself at the time, mm -hmm. so I could not yeah, empathize with you. It. it wasn't even yeah. an option. So I probably deflected you. Or I backed out, or I pushed it down, or I made you feel shame yeah. unintentionally, but I couldn't access in there, so mm -hmm. you definitely can't go there if I can't go there, yeah. so I'm going to make you feel bad about it. For sure. We do all of this stuff. We do. Let's, um, let's yeah. go like maybe three or four steps further into the rabbit hole okay. at this stage, where we're like, we have awareness, Yeah. and I've found recently that my awareness has made things a whole lot harder mm. for me because yeah, it's a bitch. yeah it, well awareness is a bitch like you say yeah make a t-shirt um, like this yeah, so, <laughs> um, and i mean w do you have any sort of um advice for mm. anybody who's going through mm. or has been through like a bit of an awakening period because mm. i remember I, I feel like i still am mm. or, like kind of in no man's land mm. around the whole situation mm. where you're like okay whew, things aren't the way like you've enough time has passed that you have accepted and acceptance is a huge thing like yeah. for me accepting yeah. that um that 
things ain't the way I thought they were. Mm. Okay, we've accepted that. Yes. Now where are we going with this? Yeah. And then you self-sabotage <laughs> and like all these little bits and pieces that I'm yeah. constantly trying to work on and the parts of me that um, aren't serving me that I'm working on with my therapist and mm-hmm. trying to see where they come from mm-hmm. so that I can um, yeah. identify them as not mine Yes. and then leave them. Yes. Um, although you never really leave them mm-hmm. this is the thing I'm finding and then I find if something pops back up again I'm like fuck I thought I had that one exactly. and then I shame myself for like not having it yeah and then but Just it's the it's a practice mm-hmm. like the whole the whole thing is a huge practice and it and it t- definitely takes time and I, I think I saw like I saw uh, something on Instagram something Love spiritual <laughs> shit on Instagram but it was like just because I think it said something along the lines with like just because um, I hold everything so well mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's not heavy absolutely like, like just it's not like the the work that goes into um, the work that goes the inner work that goes in and the shadow work that goes in and like all these difficult trials and tribulations mm-hmm. that you kind of go through in order to um, find out who you really are mm-hmm. and what's not you doesn't mean that that doesn't really go anywhere. No. You just Understand identify it. it as not yours anymore, mm-hmm. but you still carry it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it doesn't get erased from no. the archives. Negative. And the deeper you go in, and the more stuff that you, the more traumas that you have, yeah. the more um, situations like like mini traumas mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, I actually can. Um, I had a really uh, like interesting uh, couple of experiences at Africa Burn. We mm. were we were Africa Burn mm. together, and I, <laughs> I'm sure you remember my like I mean the story that I've told a few times, and I will tell the story at some point on the podcast. But <laughs> I had a really big Tuesday. <laughs> we got there Monday a for a week. Tuesday. We had a had a big Tuesday, and it, and it evolved, involved like um quite a not a lot of um psilocybin mushrooms <laughs> but like plenty for me to have yeah. like um uh, an experience and a big lesson mm. um and yeah i think what that brought up for me mm. was more than i was ready for mm. what or what i thought i was mm. ready for you know i was like this rabbit hole is so much deeper than i thought and i think that's a classic thing for no man's land mm. um and by the way if anybody is um considering um plant medicine specifically psilocybin mushrooms um i'm gonna go ahead and just say like hold off (laughs) until like you're absolutely (laughs) ready like and just do your research discuss and if you do yourself work and because for me it's been a very useful um very very useful experiences with that um plant medicine Mm -hmm. but um, I'm also very, very thankful that I am working also mm. with my therapist, who obviously I tell everything to, mm. everything mm. about all my experiences mm. to my therapist. Otherwise, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, you're gonna be real somewhere. <laughs> and like there, there, I have support around yeah. those choices. Yeah. And um, so, if you're considering using plant medicines, definitely do your research. Make mm. sure you're in a in a mm. space, space where space. you're ready for it and use them intentionally. Mm. Um, mm. and but yeah that what that did for me was mm. brought up a lot of stuff that realised that actually I realised like what I'm going to be carrying from now mm. is even when I'm carrying it really well and you, I'm on a high frequency and you can see that I'm having a great time yeah. at the moment just by my energy mm. you know mm. 
it doesn't mean it ain't heavy like yeah. uh, and and yeah. um, it doesn't ever go away no. and yeah the, the the deeper you go down into the into the rabbit hole the more you realize that actually like everybody has really 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 deep so a rabbit lot of holes stuff going on everywhere mm -hmm. yeah and there ain't, it's a one-way street as mm -hmm. well so there's if when you're in no man's land like me <laughs> and you're starting <laughs> to come to terms with the fact that this is a one-way street mm -hmm. um and come to terms with the fact that to be um to be feeling like uh my existence here is like is is an alignment with my purpose which mm -hmm. ultimately i think is what like a spiritual um yeah. emergency awakening thing kind of is <laughs> for yeah. it's like okay, to get you in touch with what that purpose is what what are you here to do mm -hmm. yeah that's what i've now yeah. gone from being a, an atheist mm -hmm. all the way to <laughs> now i'm like my soul has a purpose here yeah. and it's now my job to figure that one out yeah and also, I believe now that our souls choose the journey mm -hmm. that we are on mm -hmm. in order to learn the lessons that we need mm -hmm. to, to get to fulfill our purpose. So everything that's happened to me previously until now has been exactly what's supposed to be happening. Exactly. And that's something whilst I'm in no man's land, which I think probably a lot of a lot of people listening to this might be in no man's mm -hmm. land or yeah. you'll certainly find yourself there at some stage. Yep. If you've listened this far into the podcast, I'll assume it's because you want to be listening to this kind of stuff. Um, so welcome to No Man's Land. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, it gets it gets harder, you know. But um, but um, you, I mean, where do you find yourself oh. in this whole journey right mm. now? Because I feel like you're the acting. You mm. were like you were using everything, mm. all of your light, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you were using your light in acting, and mm -hmm. now you discovered that you can use your light to serve mm -hmm. people, exactly. and help people, yeah. Um, yeah. rather than just serve yourself Self. and your own ego. Exactly. Um, so that's a beautiful transition of beautiful. all of your gifts. If you, and if we go into astrology, if you look at where my north and south nodes are, oh, yeah. my south node is in Leo, my north node is in Aquarius. It's moving oh. from like Leo, like being on the stage pride into like mm -hmm. humanitarian, like using those skills of the Leo in to the wow. more humanitarian giving. I know. I was That's like, amazing. whoa. <laughs> my, nor my north node is Taurus and <laughs> oh. south node Scorpio, which so is the coming. exact opposite of Ella. So we're yeah. literally like Moving here to learn yeah. the different things, and which is really difficult because we can't. Anyway, anyway this is not an astrology podcast. Anyway, so how you, how you, how do I navigate mm. this stuff? Yeah. Yoga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know that like it goes mm -hmm. because it's such a tangible thing and I and I see it and I'm not like prescribing go do yoga like find your thing like but for me and I see it happen with students because there are a lot of students who I have conversations with who are in no man's land mm -hmm. who have arrived in a space going I didn't think that it was like this. Yeah. And you, you know? don't suddenly know what you're supposed yeah, to be doing. Exactly. You're like, what? I know that I need, like, I know that we need, like, I have a purpose yeah. here. And I know that I, but I just don't know what it is. Don't know because, what it like, is. maybe you were so far exactly. from what you're supposed exactly. to be doing. That exactly. It was a huge wake up call. Yeah. Mm. So, so I think that um, that practice of, for me, the practice of yoga and the, med and, the, and the seated meditation are actually tangible tools when you're questioning all of this stuff mm -hmm. to get to understand and know that uh, your mechanism of your filter, to understand how you're filtering everything and, and, and your perceptions and your attachments and like mm -hmm. 
gaining that observation because like you say because it's a physical practice and it's like a meditation in motion but it also uh so it creates space it also literally relaxes your body mm-hmm. you know we're stimulating the vagus nerve and there's a whole thing yeah. about the nervous system happening there and you're combating yeah modern society like cortisol life. levels yeah. are going down and like yeah. So you're physically in a more receptive space to your triggers or your filters or whatever mm-hmm. it is that's feeling difficult, you know? Um, so it's, it's light, lightening that load a little bit daily, mm-hmm. you know, through, through that practice. And you can feel it, you know? It's mm-hmm. like everything for me seems more manageable yes. after a yoga class. It oh just suddenly does. You're just yeah. like, okay, this thing that was really intense now just I've got a bit of space, I've got a bit of levity around mm-hmm. this, this whatever it is. So finding uh, and starting small. Mm-hmm. So what happens, and I think what ha- when you know we've had some sort of awakening or big thing happen and now we're questioning everything and we don't understand anything anymore. Yeah. Um, or we're just in so much pain that we want to shift. Like, yep. that's another thing. You we get to this point, to you're shift. like, I need to shift. I don't know, like, what's yeah. going to happen. Emergency situation. Emergency like, situation. I need to change yeah. something. Yeah, because I feel like something. I'm going to die if yeah. I don't, you know? Like, yeah. physically, mentally, like, whatever. There's, like, a death of something, which yeah. maybe if we want to... Maybe there is a mm. death and a rebirth. Um, but it's to... So, to take it slowly. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think what you were saying about, like... I mean, people can go into, like, wanting to experiment with things and, like open their minds and and it's great mm-hmm. um but the brain as a mechanism like so we've spoken about these filters and all mm. of the stuff that we've put in place now anything that child so those systems those filters those ways of behavior are there because they kept you safe at some point yeah they're a safety net mm-hmm. when you're a child and your nervous system and your brain was like developing you learned even if it wasn't reality based Mm -hmm. you learned what was safe and not safe by you know your environment and so Mm -hmm. so those those systems are in place to keep you as your brain thinks safe to keep you alive so now we go into this wanting to pick it apart if we go too fast like any major change really quickly Mm -hmm. the brain thinks it's under threat sure like it actually does it's like this well, is a threat to my life. Like this animal that is the human will die if mm-hmm. this is stripped. Um, so I think to take it slow totally. is really important. To, to, and, we, and our tendency as human beings to understand and achieve and go and like get it, all the answers mm-hmm. now is what drives, I think, a lot of this wanting to understand what's happening. Um, but it's like one little like bit at a time. It's like a tiny shaving at those filters um as you're working through this like one habit Mm -hmm. one behavior one thought process that you realize that you come into awareness and you're like this isn't serving me yeah like through your meditation and your yoga or you're like your whole change perception i'm not happy about this i want to change it focus on that one thing for me i was like everything be the same mm. and just do the one that one thing just do the one thing (laughs) and i had i mean when it you, you end up being forced to focus on the one thing yeah. when it becomes so big that mm-hmm. you're like, actually, I need all of my attention just on this one thing to tackle it. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it was like stories in my head that went along the lines of um, 
why do you always have to learn the hard way mm-hmm. is like something that I used to hear mm-hmm. when I was a kid and it was yeah. something that I also kept telling myself over and over again you yeah. know and it's something that became part of that system of protection yeah um because then if I did something stupid um, I was like, oh yeah, I do always have to learn the hard way, and then that's directly shaming, and it's Super not, shaming, yeah. it's not even, and even in my head, it would still come with that um, tone of voice as well. Um, and another one is like not deserving mm. of something. Like I, mm. I think um, those are quite interlinked. The two for sure. Yeah. yeah, and and learning the hard way and not deserving is like comes back to even maybe when you're a kid and you're like playing and all you know how to do when you're a kid is play like that's your whole existence is playing and then maybe you play a bit rough Mm -hmm. or like someone gets hurt like Mm -hmm. probably like made my sister cry or something and then my toys are taken away Mm -hmm. i'm like hold on Mm -hmm. like why would you just take my toys away and then the like all that's the only time the only the only thing my parents have got time to explain in that situation which i'm sure is the same with a lot of people mm. is they just say no you don't deserve to play mm. because you've done this yes yeah, yeah. yeah but i don't understand why you even did that yeah so now yeah. all i know and that's mm-hmm. what's been hardwired in is mm-hmm. that i don't deserve to play exactly and that's been what's coming up for me recently and that which is why i um aside from like almost missing my visa like no. cut off time in oh. South Africa <laughs> I, I've like changed my flights recently to go back yeah. to the UK next week yeah. and then I'm flying straight down to Portugal to go and meet Ella yeah. and have fun yeah. and play and yeah. because I've been working, working, working on like trying to sort my finances out for like 18 months now mm-hmm. which I'm finally getting to grips with Woo! Yay! Woo! and that's self love by the way, yeah. so- sorting your finances out, promise you <laughs> is self love, <laughs> promise you um <laughs> And like sorting that out, and like for some reason, there's always this finish line that I have to get to mm-hmm. in order to breathe out and say, Okay, now you deserve, deserve to play. To play. Mm-hmm. Like, and mm-hmm. and the reality is, the finish you never get to the finish line, there, yep. there is no there is no future like we only have the present. Like, so if, if I'm doing everything that in, in the present moment that's gonna stop me from making the same mistakes again in the future mm-hmm. then that's enough to go yeah. and like enjoy yourself totally. and like otherwise I'd, I'd end up staying in mm-hmm. solitary confinement <laughs> in my flat until I feel like I deserve, I deserve. to go yeah. and enjoy myself yeah. and um so we're always worthy always we're always worthy every single human being is worthy yeah exactly where you are right exactly now. where you are not right now. where you want to be or where you have been exactly, exactly you are where deserving you are. and worthy right now mm. we also tend to have this weird connotation in our society about being selfish mm-hmm. or feeling that we're worthy like it's a bad thing mm-hmm. like it's like don't, oh, yeah. don't don't think you are too worthy you yeah, know yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. This weird or like the selfish idea is like actually being selfish yeah. you have to like yeah. we spoke before, to hold space for others, you have to hold space for yourself. And that sometimes totally. means thinking of you before the other. Yeah. So like not in a, not in to do harm, but actually to serve. Yeah. So there's a little bit of like this weird programming that's gone mm-hmm. on like with everybody. And that's the unlearning that is currently happening. Mm-hmm. So like the awakening is more of the unlearning mm-hmm. of that and then reparenting yourself in those aspects of your life where you're like i can tell my i can build a different narrative in my head that actually 
means that I will get to where I actually really deserve, like feel like I deserve to be, you know. Mm -hmm. And the unlearning also doesn't make us more or less worthy. Nothing does. Mm. We are already fully as we are Mm. worthy. And, And we learn it, like you say, we learn it because of, you know, just the way the world has transpired, mm. we learn to attach to those feelings of worthiness based mm. on our survival. At that young age, mm. my therapist has spoken to me about it this way. At that young age, your parents are literally your lifeline. Mm. Like literally, without them, you would die. Yeah. So anything that they say, so whenever they mm. withhold love or mm. worthiness as a way to teach you so this is something that yeah, is yeah. done in society is that yeah, we yeah, to yeah. teach we take away like we yeah. withhold love in order to make you yeah. also a bit of an interesting thing that we've done mm-hmm. um but so when whatever they've done and it's not by any fault of theirs no to say you don't deserve this i'm gonna so that you learn a lesson yes they're teaching you a lesson but the lesson they're teaching is that you're undeserving unless you do this because you internalize mm-hmm if I don't do this, if I don't get love from these people and they're telling me the way to get love is through this sort of behavior, mm-hmm. if I don't get it, I'm going to die. Yeah. And then we literally take that feeling into our adult lives. Yeah. And then you pro- also, I find myself projecting that same thing onto other people as totally. well. So that if I see someone mm. who has something that I desire mm. or um, is living a lifestyle that I aspire to be living mm. and like I the first thing I do is check whether they deserve it ah. which is really nasty it's a nasty <laughs> thing like I because that. I'm, because then I'm yeah. I'm taking what I've been taught and then projecting it onto, it onto other people's situations and of course I don't like go tap them on the shoulder and be like can you please explain to me why you deserve mm. To that be it's driving a nicer Land Rover than me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what have you, you done to deserve this? <laughs> bless you, Pimbo. I didn't mean it. I love my Land Rover. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it it, it, yeah. it also then becomes your reality and then your... And not, your code in which you judge everybody else. Yeah, which is not a place that is a fun place to be because now you're like making up stories about people that you don't even know mm-hmm. and and then I'm like oh my fuck that's what I hate people doing to me in the comments on my YouTube videos I'm totally, like bro you I'm haven't even it. met me mm-hmm. like if I if you gave me 15 minutes and bought me a coffee and then I gave me gave me like 10 minutes mm-hmm. to even explain myself mm-hmm. you'd be like thinking oh aren't I so stupid mm-hmm. for making those judgment calls mm-hmm. on someone else who I never met yeah. on a 10 minute video of mm-hmm. one day of their life mm-hmm. like and then I find myself doing it. So yeah. it's like what the that which I see external to me is often like actually happening because it's happening in, internally. Absolutely. And though that's where your triggers are your biggest guide. Mm. Like whatever fires you up like the most, you gotta flip that mirror around. Yo. The re- I know. That's so hard. I know. Yeah. And like it, one of my biggest teachers, Lauren, once said that to me. We were talking about something and I was saying I was getting triggered by something like someone I was getting triggered by someone's double standards or hypocrisy or something I can't remember what it was and she was Mm. like so where in your life are you being hypocritical and I was like no I'm talking about the other person and she was like no 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 the way that this works is because you're feeling so triggered by this Mm -hmm. there's a part of you Mm. like you're charged by that external experience because you're being Mm. the hypocrite and I was like oh 
I know I can relate oh, to that entire like my my recent experience of this because mm. I think it was also like you say it never goes away you just have awareness no, of it, awareness it you, you either nip it. it like that yeah. or you tell yourself stories for an hour and work yeah. yourself up exactly like, so for me like um, I think my fear mm. around sharing this whole journey mm. because mm. I and some days I would love to be able to just go through this whole journey quietly. on my own quietly <laughs> but I don't feel like that serves the, mm. my people mm. and that's not and part of my the community purpose both, yeah. of being here is like and part of the reason that I built this community is because I want to um, I want to share my experiences mm. of this human experience mm-hmm. including the tough parts mm-hmm. the ones <laughs> so, that are not so pretty so now I'm like I'm feeling myself, I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling good, I'm on a high frequency, I've done my meditation, like I'm doing my yoga, ah, I'm so damn spiritual, and um, and then I find myself like seeing or thinking about other people mm. who are projecting a, um, this, uh, this sort of persona Mm. online Mm. of being spiritual Mm. of being Mm. woke Mm. of being like super knowledgeable like you can ask me about all of this stuff yeah and um oh Oh. the lights have just gone out (laughs) but thankfully the computer's still running that would have sucked (laughs) as you said that it was like lights out I think that's the universe telling us to wrap wrap this up up soon (laughs) but yeah I'll finish telling my story first So then I was like, I was getting bugged about and getting bothered about how um, other people yeah. were seemingly more spiritual. And then I was like, oh, but if I like I meet you in real life mm. and I can see all your problems. Mm-hmm. And this is the other thing with awareness is mm-hmm. when you start seeing all of your own issues mm-hmm. and the things you need to work on, mm-hmm. you can then start seeing them in other people. Yeah. And you want to try and help them all the yeah. time. Yeah. But yeah, when I was thinking, I was like, oh you like claim all this spirituality and all Mm -hmm. this like work that you're doing but then I know in reality that like um that's not exactly the case and there's more that you could be doing and then immediately I was like fuck that's me that's you that's me exactly like that's why I'm thinking it and that's why I'm like projecting it is because it's coming from somewhere inside of me and then I was like turn that mirror and like onto myself and be like where are you where could you be doing more work Mm -hmm. and less talk Mm -hmm. you know so real talk there that exactly and that is to own that is a beautiful thing and it's not easy to do because we want to attach to the external and make it about what other people are doing but like the rule of thumb if it's charging you and it's making you feel really intensely Mm. like just flip the mirror around be like, where yes. am I not doing this? Because the only reason I'm judging or pointing a finger at you about it is because I... And it's not to shame ourselves for that. Yeah. It's just to understand the mechanism, once again, the awareness yeah. of like how your brain works. So we're not attaching to... Don't take it personally. Exactly. Don't take it personally yeah. on your own self and just be like, okay, yeah. I see that's what I'm doing. Whoa, I'm going to just like bring it back home mm. and figure that yeah. out you know even when it's personal and totally in you yeah don't take it personally exactly Ooh. <laughs> we got the lights back on and a whistle and a siren, and a lecker siren. <laughs> <laughs> all right so okay. the fire alarm has turned off there's no fire no, um although safe. if there had been one we would have we were so committed to the podcast that we, <laughs> we would have wrapped it up burned alive <laughs> 
I would have hit send though just before we die. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, we're gonna wrap this up. Jules, thank you so much Pleasure. for this epic conversation. Um, I thank hope you guys you. got something from this. And um, if you're in Cape Town mm. and you want to come and do some yoga with us at Yoga Live, Please. or get in touch with Jules, mm-hmm. she also does private sessions okay. and you also do corporate yoga as yes. well, yeah. which is epic. Okay. And I can vouch for Jules being an incredible yoga instruct- instructor and. Um, yeah. yeah and i think that's the end of the podcast that's it thank you so much it's been so awesome to speak and share and just roll yeah us. exactly yeah. you speak so nicely you thank definitely you. <laughs> you must get you on more podcasts <laughs> i will i will i feel like this is something i need to step into so i'll definitely, definitely do that as always please let us know on an instagram story and tag us and um your instagram is jules, jules in flow yeah. um, and i'll link that in the description of this podcast let us know what you think and um, if there are any specific bits that you like what we said, if you do a little quote on those on Instagram story, then we've got something to share with everybody else. And yeah, send this podcast to someone that you think might need it or um, could do with that. And maybe, they, maybe they're stuck in no man's land at the moment <laughs> like we are. Yeah. Um, although, guys, I do feel like I'm discovering what my purpose is and I'm sort of on the on the exit of no man's land at the moment. But who knows? Yeah. Um, but Stay yeah. In the mix. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I love you all unconditionally. I'll speak to you guys soon. Bye.